So, Mike, I heard someone in this room is a big fan of Honey Pop. Yeah, uh, I, I, I am uh, unashamed to say that, yes, my wife is a big fan of Honey Pop. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Yeah. I am actually a huge fan of Honey Pop because the gameplay is fun. I think it's cool that you actually have to feed your bitches because that's very realistic. <laughs> I I think it's a fun game. I enjoy anime titties. And that's the last time I'm going to say that on recording. That's probably not going to be the last time you're going to say that on recording. I'm probably not, but I hope it is. Denise, I'm just going to tell you right now, no. You could have just been like, yeah, I love puzzle games. But you were just like... <laughs> well, I had to. You don't I love had you? to. I love you so much. Because I knew much. you would call me out if I didn't. I love you so fucking much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd rather it come from my mouth, please. Uh, I love anime titties. And I love oh, puzzle games. already broke her promise. Yeah. You see, folks, this is the kind of consistency <laughs> you get from us. We are your yeah. voices of reason, the unbiased ones. We are the observers. Welcome. Quickly backpack Always getting interrupted by her husband. We are doing the intro. I am sorry. I wanted to get that out of the way sooner. I know. I know. It's just like, oh my goodness gracious. Sometimes. Sometimes. I love you. I had a thought, and it's gone, and I'm sad. Yeah, we'll come back. I don't think we will. I'm afraid it's not going. Oh, yeah. When I was a kid. Shut the fuck up. kind of weaselly so like there was a moment where it was like should I go into politics and I was like no that's too much effort so uh, just, just, just for the visual reference of why she told me to shut the fuck up I put my hands behind my head like Chewie did after Han said Wookiees will rip your arms out of your sockets and he just puts his hands behind his head to screw with the, door, the droids yeah, <laughs> I know you should but I am uh, I'm also married to you you can divorce me but but since we started talking about Denise's love of anime titties, <laughs> Denise, are we I, talking about Honey Pop? I, I was going to move on to Steven Universe Future because oh we're going to talk about that. And that's also anime inspired. I know how to do segues. <laughs> you said anime titties specifically, Steven Universe. Uh, I mean, I, I guess. Mean, there's gem titties, I guess. <laughs> It sort of exists. Eh? Sort of. Eh? Sort of. <laughs> like, I've also never seen They're hidden, so it's not like Honey Pop where you get to no, show them off. <laughs> but, I mean, depending on the version you buy. I mean, Rule 34 is a thing, but, you know, there's also that. Stephen Universe Future, I actually enjoyed it, which surprised me because I was really starting to dislike Stephen Universe by the end of the. I'm sorry, do you need some, to say something? No. Okay. <laughs> so, I was really starting to dislike Steven Universe towards the end seasons. Like, it was really just the last one where uh, it was the end for me. It was starting already with the one before it. I think there were six seasons, so I think I should be correct when I say 
sixth season was the worst. Fifth season, it was getting to be there. And fourth and third, second and first, I really loved no real issues other than why the hell, Rebecca Sugar, do you spend so much time on Beach City? I'm sorry, you could have spent longer on the diamonds. And because when it came to the end that you pulled, it, it was it felt hollow for me. It felt rushed. It was frustrating as oh heck. But I actually really loved Steven Universe Future, actually, for the most part. There were a couple of vexations, but very, very few. To play devil's advocate, though, for Steven Universe, the original series, we also we were talking about this before um, off mic, um, the uh, studio interference you also have to consider with Cartoon Network. Yes, yeah. I found out about the studio interference about Steven Universe, yeah. and that makes me feel so much better about my love for Rebecca Sugar. It is, now, yeah, for context, yeah. Now it can return. I love yeah. her music. I love... Oh, my yeah. God. For, for, for context, so good. the Cartoon Network really put the screws through her. To use, to use the terminology, they really put the screws through Rebecca Sugar as a whole, as a creator. She had a lot of... She had to beg to make Steven Universe made. Steven Universe made. The only reason it was made is because her husband had a lot of pull. A lot of pull. The episodes were always leaking early. Yep. It had a lot of... There was no operational security for it or whatever the industry term is for it. There was no security for it. Whatever episodes. was going on with it was yeah. really shit. They kept forcing her to, to outsource the animation to cheap studios that were probably using, uh, well, certain laborers. Um, in some cases, that's, that's been disputed, and there's a lot of evidence to say that didn't happen, but there's also some evidence to say it did, so I'm not, well, that's neither here nor there. But Cartoon Network has has a lot to answer for a lot of what happened. To, um, honestly, the vast majority of their shows over the last decade in Cartoon Network is a lot to well, answer Well, we're talking for, about Steven for Universe. Steven Universe specifically suffered quite a bit. It, it was impacted very, very significantly and very sadly because the show had a lot of heart. She clearly intended quite a bit differently. To be, things to be but I think more. she was able to have a lot more say in Steven Universe future because I really, really enjoyed it. I really loved how it, I feel it really touched on some serious stuff because Steven Universe, I loved how it was one second. It's just fun, happy-go-lucky. And the next second, it's serious. It's important. It's dangerous. It's real. It's, it's authentic. And so that's why I really enjoyed that show so much for so long. And Steven Universe Future... I felt got back to that because it was kind of going over what your life would be like if you were a superhero as a kid and then eventually you're a teenager and suddenly you realize you don't actually know how to cope with crises because you were always surrounded by your support group and now you don't know how to handle it on your own. And I, I don't know, for me it was... I felt it was really relatable and really just, oh my God, really good. And I really liked the movie. I was really not expecting that. Oh, that's good to hear. I didn't actually, I don't think we talked about that very much, but that's good to hear. I really liked Spinelli's song and the ending thing with the diamonds. I loved it. I loved it. Try to keep it. Yeah, we'll keep this one spoilery for you. Yeah, I'm actually, trying I actually, to actually, actually be it, better so about being vague because yeah. I, I, I want y'all. Mm -hmm. But, to listen yeah. in a few exists. But the way, so 
the other thing with Steven Universe, the thing that bothered me the most about that show, Rebecca Sugar is very, very talented at writing episodes that have a very unique and very difficult to pull off point of view. The monologue slash narrated episode, where you have a single character where events are happening as things go along and a character goes, date log, this and this happened, like I'm, I, you know what I mean, I'm, I'm finding myself looking at this character, at this person in a different way, you know what I mean, like actually narrating their thoughts and actually letting yourself hear the inner workings of someone's mind in a show where that type of interaction with characters doesn't really happen. That's a very difficult thing to write. And she pulled it off very effectively. The writers pulled it off very effectively too. Whoever else worked on that, I can't, I don't One know. One small complaint. Going. I've got to yeah. say before I forget it. Why are, why does nobody get to wear skirts? I'm sorry. Why can't <laughs> anybody be allowed to look feminine? What's up with that? What's I'm up with that? Why does everybody got to wear pants? Why does everybody got to be in pants and jackets? And, oh, I'm so... Feminist, I look at me. I'm not wearing skirts, and it's like, screw you. I love skirts. Well, Bring me more skirts. Bring right me more girly. That's right away a way of phrasing that, but okay. Well, hopefully they'll put Steven in the skirt. And... No, 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 no. Not for Steven, for the gents. <laughs> for the I wasn't expecting that for some reason, for the and I should have. Because Steven is happy as. A male, he dressed Sorry. in a dress okay. once because he was doing a solid for a friend. Sorry, so that he, Sorry, so I hear he's going to have a show because he wants to wear that skirt. Sorry. That seems... Well, I mean, he did actually wear all the makeup and the heels. And no, my dude went all out, so I mean... He it went all out. It was what? cute. It was adorable because he, and then he like performs all out too. It was really like, man, yeah. he's got no yeah. shame. You know what? Yeah. I cross your confidence, Steven. I mean, like a year or so back, Harry Styles like was silent in a dress, so you know, <laughs> men can wear dresses too if they want, but they can work it. Oh, hilarious! Have but... you seen Tom Holland with the uh, mascara and the earrings and? Oh my god! I don't even know what he was doing, but I've seen that photo, and I just I need to know what's going on. I love how our shit just derails, but <laughs> that's that's our. I'm not it's, 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 it's our MO. Let's be real clear. Yeah. It's but, a good way of introducing us. Hi, this is us. This is how we do. Yeah, if you're new to us, I'm sorry. Uh, wow. If you're this still listening to us, get help. Do. <laughs> no, but seriously, if you have listened to us for a few episodes now, thank you. We appreciate your support. And as, as much as I'm a sarcastic asshole, I do genuinely appreciate everybody's support in this one. Yeah. If you're here for this, thank you so much. Yeah, because we don't know if all of y'all are friends and family. So. If, if you happen to stumble across us, welcome. So if you I, happen to be somebody yeah. that's not just here to support us because you like us, yeah. that's really, really cool. Yeah, if, you, if this happens to be your first episode, uh, go back if you want to understand the way that we work. We talked about ourselves a little bit and explain how, like, we Oh, and if we, you we, are we, friends or family, we still freaking love you because we just love you anyway. Yes, we also love, love you even more. Yeah, except <laughs> for you. Listen. You know who you are. <laughs> Why do you have to do that every time? Because it's a bit. I, yeah, Jeffrey. I was trying to get here, but you know Damn it, Carl. Okay. I love you. Yes, and I told you I'm a sarcastic asshole. I can't be sincere for too long. So we've turned into llamas with hats. Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, that wasn't the Carl I was referencing, but that's what I'm gonna think every time I hear them. Carl, that yeah. kills people. Jesus. Oh dear, I didn't realize that. You realize like llamas with hats. I know. Oh, I yes, know. But, but if you I haven't seen it, watch it. So much. Did you see the whale one? <laughs> <laughs> I love them. 
The price was baby hands. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you gotta remember the nuclear weapon. I know it's old school. Like, I introduced her to this less than a year, less than four years ago. Oh, I so, Mikey. I thought I showed this to you when we were, when we started dating. Maybe I was introduced to this stuff before I met you. Oh, fair enough. Okay, yeah, I know sure. I showed you a couple of these, but fair enough. Okay. Wait, maybe they existed before you, I so I, I, I saw them before you. Fair enough. Yeah. I showed you a bunch of stuff online you hadn't seen before. So. My you have shown me a bunch of stuff I have not seen before, but those are not. Part fair of enough. Me. I showed you the Ultimate Showdown. They you would never seen that. Those were here before you would be here long after. You. Good. <laughs> Good. They deserve to be. They're far more artistic than I am. <laughs> Self-deprecation. But anyway, am I gonna so snag really, Jonas or something? I mean, you said artistic. Um, uh, I'm sorry about that. I'm off the table there. That if that can't be on the mic, I apologize. You need to stop messing with the table. You've got a footrest right over there. Oh my god! Can you hear freaking in the background? By the way, I apologize. We have we forgot to w forty my chair. And, I and the majority of these podcasts are already you and I. Of arguing or apologizing for stuff. Right. If there's a strange cut, it's just because Denise like launched over the table to beat Mike's ass. <laughs> <laughs> one of these days, one of these days. You'll no. hear, you'll hear, uh, you will hear a loud. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't break into the, any of the alcohol before starting this, so not likely. Let's <laughs> get the tequila is hidden. Bitch. <laughs> 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 we don't have anyone. So do you have anything else to say about this? Did you margarita stuff? Fuck! <laughs> 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 anyway. No, but, um, yeah, but, yeah, but see, okay, back to my, my point was going to be, though, with that show. I, I know, this is what I do, fuck y'all. But, in all seriousness, okay, but really, I loved how they introduced, for example, my favorite character in the show was one that they horribly character assassinated, Lapis Lazuli. Lapis Lazuli. The way they assassinated Lapis's character was terrible. The way they handled her character was terrible. The way the gems handled her character was terrible. So, first season, so she was first season, right? Can I actually explain um, part more of it because I'm more of a Steven Universe fan? Lapis is kind of one that I would like to actually talk about. If that could please, but I do agree with you that that was something that I really want to criticize Rebecca Sugar for. Yeah. Because that episode doesn't make sense considering the Jones but, characters that they portray later on. But let me, let me go into the beginning for one I point this morning. All right. But, so when Lapis was introduced, Steven started, Steven found an artif- a magic artifact that was a mirror. It had a broken gem on the back. And I mean, it's clearly a fucking gem, first of all. In this show, so for those of you who aren't familiar with the show, the show's canon is that it's a, it's a race of, of uh, aliens that are, are sentient gems. They're like they're a silicon-based life form, essentially. They're, they're, their bodies yeah. are more projections yeah. of themselves. Yeah, they project their energy into physical forms, essentially. Yeah. That, just for the long and short of it. Anyway, this gem is on the back of this thing. It's cracked. It's broken. It's it's been there for at this point thousands of years. Thousands upon thousands yeah, of years. Yeah, Steve just happened upon it. How do these fucking morons not know that this was a gem? No, no, no. More importantly. Why was their first instinct once they saw it was a gem and realized that it was trying to, con- to make contact with Kill it. Kill it now. Was, yeah, violence, which really doesn't make sense with who the gems are supposed to be. It's very inconsistent of whether they're supposed to be warriors or whether they actually believe in, yeah. you know, but, yeah. and, trying to create peace. And then as the two-part episode goes along... Lapis ends up running from the gems because they want to fucking kill her. She comes out, she's damaged, she's broken, she can't use half of her... And of course 
course she's yeah. on the defensive against yeah. anyone okay. and okay. everyone because she's getting there are people yeah. coming after her saying they want her dead. Yeah, but hold on. The way that she built up this character was excellent. She's very logical. She makes her her, her, her structure makes sense. Her background is questioning, and it's very interesting. She's told us that she was brought here for a reason. She got caught after the rebellion, ended up stuck here because they thought she was a member of the resistance when she wasn't. She was just a, she was one of the royalty, a noble. That essentially no, no, no. Was, she, well, we never get that information. No, You're assuming that with the amount of power that she has, she was there for terraforming. She's yes, incredibly she's there for terraforming. Which means that's what lapis lazulis do. Every gem not, has a purpose. Not nobility, that but, but higher echelon gem. She's very. She's uh, she's an aristocrat. Would be the way I would level put it. as the sapphire. She's she's an aristocrat. Is the way I would put it. Like a lower aristocrat. Yes, like an, or, yeah, like a like a duchess or a dame. Or, or you know what I mean? Like yeah. I guess in their hierarchy. Yeah, but. So she has incredible. Lapis is probably one of the most powerful characters in the entire show. She has yeah. control over all water. Her power is unbelievable. What she can do is ridiculous. And yet they never use her in the show, which is another thing entirely. Like what ends up happening is she takes all the oceans in an attempt to try well, to break her gravity. Everybody yeah, though, she but, literally only is stopped because Stephen talks to her. But she, she Stephen takes, made yeah. a connection with her before. But she, Stephen, so she ends up coming through. Like she takes all. The, she's trying to break free of Earth's gravity in a very beautiful, poetic moment that she executed. That the artist executed very well. It was beautiful. Like you're on top of this pillar of water that Lapis lets Stephen come up on alone at the top yeah. of the fucking atmosphere of the Earth, the lower atmosphere of the Earth, where Stephen can probably barely breathe. But damn, is it beautiful? Yeah, first. Like she's. He's up there and like it's gorgeous. Like the entire, you're just looking out at the stars and Lapis is reaching out, just trying to get free. And then trying to get back home. Manages to to heal her gem. And the first thing that happens is her eyes pop back into focus because they've been staticky at this point, broken. And her wings pop out. All this time she was supposed to have wings. And she was blind. She could barely see. Well, not blind, but impaired. No, no, no. She couldn't see. She was blind. Oh, really? That was her. That was the main broken thing. Was I she? Didn't, had, I didn't catch that. No shit. Okay. Yeah. No. Cool. When she. Uh, that's why. That's the first thing that comes back is her oh. eyes. Oh, fair enough. I didn't catch that. Okay. No, but. Typically, when a gem yeah. gets um uh, marked or like nicked, it's typically mainly affecting one body part. That makes sense. So typically, the eyes, the ears, the when, arms, in this case, her head. Literally, her whole head. Yeah, so that's a big important part. It was it was basically them simulating a spinal and brain injury, which was actually very well executed. I thought it wasn't it wasn't heavy handed. It wasn't in your face. You had to kind of think about it, which was honestly very mature, very respectful, and a very very unique way of approaching a very difficult topic to talk about. It made her aggressive unnecessarily, but at the same time, you could understand why. But then at the same time, the way that the show made our heroes out to be very aggressive, very un- out of character, wanting to kill this thing for no reason. When other gems, they just bubble. What yeah. the hell? Out of nowhere, why are you why are you saying these other ones? Because they were always like, were we are reflecting Rose's way by bubbling them, because that is the kind thing to do. But instead, they say, they say kill it. They basically go kill it. Kill it with fire. Nuke it from orbit is the only way to be sure. That's essentially what they do That's in this entire thing. Yeah, how they which is like, wait, whoa, what the fuck? This is very out of character. This is not how you handle situations. Why isn't like it, Stephen? Can we please bubble that and talk to you for a moment? Because we didn't realize that this was a person. 
But later that's on, what should have happened. But, but instead, they were, oh, it's a person. Let's kill that person. But not to, but not to get too spoilery, I want to actually talk about one other thing. The other thing that ends up happening eventually is Lapis ends up doing sacrificing herself essentially. Oh, this trap. episode is totally spoiled, but we're yeah. not spoiling the season. Yeah. So she gets, she grabs. So she ends up going in a later episode in a later season for reasons. Lapis ends up taking somebody who wants to annihilate the entirety of humanity. Please bear this in mind. Annihilate everybody. Literally genocidally slaughter the entire planet. Not just humans. Everything. Everything on Earth. Bear this in mind, please. I'm sorry that I emphasize this, but I, I for some reason, have to for the reason I'm about to get into. The fa- What ends up happening is, hold on. What ends up happening is, Lapis ends up coming back up after fusing with this gem, which is a whole other mechanic that we're not going to get into. Takes her down to the bottom of the ocean and traps her down there. Locks her down there at the bottom of the ocean with literally all of the weight of the ocean and Lapis's godlike power trapping this force down there. For some reason, later on in the series, after Lapis breaks free and, and like or this other gem, this other gem breaks free and comes, they come back up to the surface. They end up doing this bizarre abusive relationship mechanic where Lapis is somehow made into made out to be an abusive person. Devil's that, advocate. Yeah. What they were trying to explain was. She was keeping Jasper down there for the good of humanity. But the thing was, she was having to, she was torturing Jasper to an extent that wasn't necessary and she was enjoying it, was apparently what they were trying to imply. I still don't be... I know, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree. I was going to get into it after we were done. I'm still, I still agree with you. But I'm just trying to explain what I think the episode was going for more was the idea that it wasn't what she did that was the problem. It was the fact that she was enjoying giving pain to someone else because she was as she was so angry. She was letting her anger out on Jasper Agreed while counter- saving the world. Agreed counter-argument. Fuck Jasper, she's a genocidal lunatic. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know, but I, I'm, I know you're exactly right. That's just what I. That's what I. What I seem to have to say to people who, for some reason, are saying Lapis is the worst person but, because she kept a genocidal maniac from being a genocidal maniac. But considering the way that the <laughs> universe, the show works, where essentially like every life is important and like they don't ever want to kill anybody. She literally wanted to kill everything. I agree with you. I know you're right. But that's what I'm saying. I mean, she literally wanted to kill. That's why, that's why it's so uncharacteristic of them to be like, let's kill it what, what immediately you, with, with Lapis. lapis. What, what were you going to say? Well, mm-hmm. as someone who knows nothing about Steven Universe, I'm okay with like the whole all of humanity going, though. I'd let it happen. I'd be like, shit, go for it. But it was literally, they would kill, like, what would happen is they would terraform the planet to be a gem world and they would kill everything. Nothing could survive. Nothing. No, no water-based life at all. Anything. No plants. No animals. Bugs. Nothing. Yeah, it would literally be no life at all. Except for silicon-based life would be able to survive. Like, what she wanted to do, it wasn't just genocide. It was literally a world killing. Like, she wanted to actually end the world. Which is yeah. which is why I have to emphasize again, just why is Lapis the bad guy in this freaking scenario? To summarize Steven Universe for anyone who doesn't know about it, essentially the gems are silicon based life forms that fell in love with Earth and decided to protect Earth and The crystal of gems are, but Yes, that, the crystal gems are the are gems that decided to stay on Earth because they loved Earth and because they want to protect it from other gems that would typically want to reclaim it for 
their typical purposes. They, of- they they basically need worlds to spawn themselves. If they they brought yeah. their home world has run out of way has run out of room to continue creating their own kind. So they need yeah. more worlds to make themselves. They they basically create themselves out of the ground using the re- the natural mineral life the mineral resources of the planet, but they strip it bare in the process. Oh yeah, I really yeah. liked season one of Steven Universe Future, and I hope if yeah. they have a season two yeah. that it continues the way that. It- the first one mm-hmm. went because I really, really yeah. loved it. Yeah. It's it's the thing. Like, she was, Rebecca Sugar is a Though very talented Though we wouldn't kill her to put somebody in a dress. I'm <laughs> just saying it. I'm just saying it. Yeah. But saying Steven in a dress. All no, 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 no. It doesn't have to be Steven. Please, please let it be Steven. Just so. Just for the memes. Just let Pearl have a skirt again. I, is that so much to ask? She had a skirt before. Yeah. The way that, like, ultimately, though, I respect Rebecca Sugar as a writer. I feel like that she had to compromise a lot on the on the Steven Universe. Yeah, now I can understand. She probably had a lot of a lot of difficulties because she was setting up. I mean, the thing that the show ultimately was setting up in the beginning that was very impressive was they were setting up Steven's mother to be this ultimate forty chess playing general, this super genius, tactically speaking. Oh yeah, that we thought that she yeah. had plans within plans within schemes within plans that pe- that even her own allies had no knowledge of on the off chance that one or of them betrayed. Or at trained. least that's our theory right. of but, what Rebecca Sugar's original plan was because I don't. But yeah, we're not going to get too went, into it. But I want to get quite. That, that's not how the show that. went, and I don't want to get too into it because I don't. want And we don't want to get too into it because it is actually really good, except for. Last that last season. Couple seasons, but yeah, last couple seasons, in my opinion. But, you know, it's still worth it. It's still really worth it, especially for the music. Just, just once you hear a oh, rowdy rider, Ruby Rider. Ruby was here for you, that song. Once you hit Ruby Rider, you really don't have to watch everything anymore. You can <laughs> just watch clips of the important shit. Once you've hit Ruby Rider, don't, Rider. don't bother. Don't I'm, I'm, the sad thing don't is that terrible exaggeration. Don't do it. Seven. Don't do it. It's yeah. not worth it. It's not worth it. She doesn't even <laughs> let Sapphire have a wedding dress. She doesn't <laughs> even let Sapphire have a wedding dress. <laughs> I wanted one thing from the wedding episode. I wanted one thing. It's okay. I think they got it. I think. I think the tape was okay. Got it the first time. I think you should edit in a. A warning headphones. No, no, no. I would actually have a. Well, I just cast that after she's ranting. I hate you. I love you. I just wanted to use every that one. I wanted one thing. That required Matt to do effort, but she's not going to do it. I wanted one thing from the wedding episode. I wanted one thing. If you do it, oh my god, please. (laughs) I'm teasing you, babe. I'm teasing you. I wanted Sapphire in a wedding dress. I get why they did it, and there's a whole political I know, I know. I get it. I know. But you know what? Put them both in dresses, bitch. I'm sorry. I'm, no, not trying to be I'm not trying to be disrespectful to you, Rebecca Sugar, but I just put them both in dresses. Just put yeah. them both in dresses. Solves the problem. They're both women. They're both yeah. girls. They're gay. It's, it's a we get whole it. thing, anyway. Put them both in dresses. Why Moving can't on. you both have a wedding gown? Yeah. What's wrong with that? Wait, What's wrong with that? What is wrong with that? Why does somebody have to have sex? <laughs> 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 
I'm sorry, if you're both girls, why does somebody have to be wearing pants? I mean, that's okay, yeah. but why does it have to be when there's a gay relationship? Why does somebody have to be in pants, somebody have to be in a skirt? Why because can they both have skirts or both have pants if they want? Because then the straights won't get it. Because they'll be like, someone oh, needs to wear the, the pants figuratively and literally. Oh my god. Even though the problem with that in this case was they literally reversed how that works in this case. Because that was because it, because the one that's more macho was the one in the dress. Because there was a whole there was a whole thing with censorship in Saudi Arabia. It was a whole thing. It's stupid. But, you know, she didn't care about everything that went on with the UK with the censorship, but all right. <laughs> because that was a big, big thing. Yeah, like, well, that's... UK doesn't even get to know it's gay. <laughs> but is it, so it's a trap, is what you're saying? No, I'm saying UK <laughs> doesn't even get to know that most of the characters are gay. <laughs> that one. <laughs> you just t- turn everything straight. I think she missed that one. TC. <laughs> Yes, yeah, we're just gonna be done tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's well, what's what are we, I think now that we've beaten that horse to death. Uh, <laughs> alien versus predator. Fun <laughs> 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 for what it is. So AVP. God, I can't believe that's how I'm transitioning to after that. Fun <laughs> for what it is. Yeah, it's sad that this movie isn't better because you can tell that they wrote a better. This movie defines the term studio interference. You know what I mean? Like a movie that very clearly was going to be better. Well, when it came comes to Alien and Predator, like anything after their second films feels like nothing but I studio disagree. interference. I, no, I agree. I completely agree. That's exactly my point. The reason why the originals were good is they were risky. They were ballsy. They were dangerous. Like at that time, Alien was a ballsy risk. Like, sci-fi was still a tenuous at best market at this time. Yeah. Like, damn, you know? There wasn't too much big-budget sci-fi other than, like, 2001. Star Wars. But that's... Like, literally just before this is what I'm saying. Star Wars is, like... Like, literally, there was the original... I'm saying the original Star Wars. No, no, I'm saying it's closer to space fantasy than... It's still still sci-fi, though. It still counts in the genre. For for the sake of the industry, it still counts. For the sake of the industry. Yeah, Yeah. I agree with you, but, yeah, for industry terms. But anyway, it's... ADP... You can tell the writers wrote a better movie because there's lore. There's actual character development in terms of you watch the Predator learn. The one that survives the... Ah, uh, okay. The spoiler territory here, but let's be real here. This movie's over a decade old and most people don't give a shit. Oh, yeah. The, typically, if it's uh, an older item, we are going to generally going to give low-key spoilers. No, in this case, I'm going to have to for the point of what I'm going to discuss because if a context requires it, I will spoil. I will give warnings. Before, typically try to give warnings before it, but... Once again, a reminder, we are still very new. Yes. So, the Predator, it comes in, the Predators lure in the humans into this point, into this pyramid underneath underneath Antarctica. Yeah, the the whole premise is set up very poorly because I feel like they were going to have something better but studio interference. There's a lot of shit that doesn't make sense in these opening scenes and a lot of shit that you can clearly tell was written. They could have easily fixed or it feels like editing room made into problems. You know what I mean? It's tough to say that, though. I got to do some more digging into the behind the scenes with it. But anyway, the Predators come in. There's three of them. All the humans are down there. They triggered the traps. The aliens are coming at them. They're all spawning. The queens come up. Like, there's a Predator queen at the bottom, or alien queen at the bottom of the pyramid. There's this whole bullshit where the, like, the pyramid is a uh, fucking test for the Predators or some bullshit. It's kind of cool. I mean, okay, whatever. I'm willing to suspend disbelief for that. The way that it's... Uh, the movie is worth watching for the fun of it. It's very well executed. The practical effects are very good. So I will say that alone. It's worth watching if you're just into decently shot and that kind of stuff movies. But the first Predator that dies 
is displayed because he unnecessarily slaughters the humans guarding the outside of where the entrance, the entrance that they have to the pyramid. They unnecessarily kill them. You can justify why they kill them as making sure that there's not more more things for the aliens to spawn from. Fair enough. I can give you that. But the way that they killed some of them was very unnecessarily brutal. They were clearly giving into bloodlust. Some of them were very clearly just doing it because they they relish being violent. One of them, one of them is clearly going out of his way to make his kills more bloody. The second one is clearly just picking unnecessary fights and making the fight that could be solved very quickly more drawn out and dramatic for the sake of a thrill. I guess getting his rocks off, whatever the hell you want to want to put to it. I mean, maybe he wants the honor of it or the receipt, whatever the hell. The third one, so the first one gets killed by an alien because he's not paying attention. He's too busy fucking just torturing a human to death and tor- like just making him suffer before he, he could just take his head off and kill him. Alien comes up behind him, blasts through his head, he's dead. Second predator ends up, instead of just murking this alien like he could by taking his head off, doing whatever the hell he needs to do to make it quick, goes in for the brawl. He's trapping this fucking apex predator of, of a creature trying to prove which one is the stronger one. Obviously, this is done for the fight, and it's, it's a good fight. I'll give him that. It's a very fun fight. But the writers clearly set this up to make it to show that this is a mistake. He's fighting something that's just as strong as him when he could use the tech that they clearly have to kill these things to do just that. The fight at the end of it, the alien ends up getting the, the uh, we'll call him Xenomorphs for the sake of this, for the sake of the ease. The xenomorph gets the gets the gets the better better hand over the predator because the predator gets him trapped in a, in a net, which then, for the sake of the plot, also cuts into the alien. It's making him bleed his acid blood the, for the, into the xenomorph, which then cuts the net. Xenomorph, xenomorph tackles the predator because he got cocky and instead of just finishing him off quickly, tried to glow for a moment, tried to just stand over his kill and say, "Ha ha, I'm better than you." So he dies. Third one just takes his fuck, tries to just kill him and take his and finish him off. After this point, the third one is the only one left. He ends up going back to this area and he's standing there, like trying to get because the humans accidentally got their got the plasma rifles from the from that were there for the predators to find as as a mild plot point. Go after the go after the humans for this reason. Misses them, takes out a uh, an alien. Ends up trying to sneak up on him. A xenomorph tries to sneak up on the predator. Predator instead of just being this drawn out badass, takes his fucking head off. Quick clean kill. Learns from his his allies' mistakes, more importantly. You gotta look into the movie. Maybe I'm kind of writing for the movie a bit, but it feels like that's what the movie is trying to say. What feels like what the writers were trying to do, what the director was trying to do. But then immediately after this moment of badassery where you see actual development of this otherwise silent, other than growls, grunts, and roars character, cheesy-ass CGI effects where they go into a really stupid fucking background scene where they're in this ancient pyramid fighting thousands of aliens... And then have a, like, it's just a really dumb way to show the backstory of why this pyramid is here and shit. When they could have just told us by reading the hieroglyphics that were in there without showing this stupidity. Oh my goodness, yeah, once they got to that scene where suddenly they were showing, that they were doing a flashback. It was like, oh my god. Basically the pyramid, it's it's basically, the pyramids were landing pads for the aliens type deal. If, if that if you follow me with that conspiracy theory. Well, getting explained. Way too overexplained. Very well. Yeah. And then that just went over the top. Yeah, they over-explain, basically. They didn't I, need it. Yeah. I think the problem with, like, these cross, like these franchise crossover movies, they kind of take themselves a little too seriously. Like, there's not enough cheese. They take themselves too seriously, too much focus on the human characters. To be fair with this one, this isn't as much of a crossover as it is a comic adaptation. To be fair. 
it is by nature and a, a crossover because of Ant- because of Predator Two, because they had the alien skull in the background as a tip of the hat. But then they made the comics based off of like Alien versus Predator, which are actually apparently pretty good. I haven't read them myself, but apparently they're pretty. Good. But I see what you. I do agree with you though. But with the way that this one was clearly written, they could have done that effectively because the cast of this of this movie is actually fucking great. If you really take a second to look at the cast, um, do you remember Sons of Anarchy? Yeah. You know the dude with the scars on his face? Mm-hmm. He's in this movie. Oh, cool. He's a fucking great actor. Like, there's a bunch of really good actors in this movie. They're all wasted. Like, they're all, like, they had this thing where they were clearly setting up Scarface dude and another, and one of the nerds that were clearly butting heads at the beginning. They could have had this whole survival arc where they were just alone in this pyramid, trying to survive, like, kicking ass and working with each other and, like, growing and developing. Nope, kill them quickly, and then they're done. Then you forget about them forever. What? You you could have done a lot of I, shit that wasn't this stupid CGI thing with them. I, but. I feel like for these crossover movies, like, I'll talk about a little bit about King Kong and Godzilla. Uh, just please, go because, ahead. like, it's similar yeah. to this. But, like, the humans felt like they were mostly there to help facilitate the fights, which, like, I, which is good. Because no one want, no one cares about the people. Yeah. <laughs> we want the big monkey to punch the big lizard. That's the original. Like, fuck, that's the original movies. Yeah, you know? and, like, that's what we want. And, like, same thing with AVP, like, and, or like Freddy versus Jason, like we want to see the names on the poster fight each other. Yeah. Hence why we show to a movie called Alien versus Predator. And yeah, when it's like, like, you know, I like the dude from Sons of Anarchy, but I didn't come to see him be like an action hero. I came to see the Predator rip off a Xenomorph skull. And like, if, <laughs> like I want yeah. to be like, you're playing with action figures as a kid. I want to like yeah. your imagination of what that would be like for what these movies. And it just kind of felt like they were like subpar action slock at best. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like over the top cheese fest, like they really feel like they should be. No, I completely agree, and that's the problem. I heard everybody said that if you went into it and just enjoyed it for the monster fight parts, then it was fine. Mm -hmm. But the majority of it was distracted so much from the movie that it was hard to do that. Yeah. Which I think that's fair. Yeah. But one moment, I actually was trying to look something up here really quickly, because there's actually an interesting point that I feel like, um, because we're talking about King Kong, is actually semi-relevant. You know what the creator, you know about the creator of King Kong? I do not. So he was actually a quite... The real life badass. Hmm. He was a decorated war hero who was shot down in World War One. Shot down numerous times, three times actually. Survived, was captured numerous times, escaped numerous times while being kept in freezing cold prisoner of war camps. Like this dude fucking held onto the bottom of a fucking train in sub zero temperatures of a moving train to escape from a prisoner of war camp. Hmm. This guy is a fucking badass. Like, he would go to parts of the world that were un- unthinkable at this time and film shit and do shit and find shit. And he was like, honestly, how there isn't a movie about this guy's life, I don't fucking understand. Well, too bad the monkey he made up got the shit kicked, got the shit kicked out of him by a lizard. You know, what's a real, you know what's a real shame? Like, the actual original one is actually not bad. But the 30s one? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. It's, I like that one. it's great. No, it's a great movie. No, but like the original, the original King Kong is a great movie. The, the original Kong, I think they, I think they did a Kong versus Godzilla before. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm could have sworn they did, and I thought it was pretty yeah. good. Like, I think it was in the 50s or 60s. It was pretty good, I thought. Like, yeah. people liked it. Yeah, it was, it was cheesy, but it's still a good movie. It's a cheesy yeah. Tokusatsu film. It's, like, it's, Godzilla. it's Godzilla. What the fuck do you expect? You know, yeah. it's fucking Godzilla. What? <laughs> It's cheese at its finest. But oh. I like cheese. Fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a, like I love the Evil Dead series, so I I'm a cheese connoisseur. Marion C. Cooper. That's his name. Marion C. Cooper. 
Hold on, I'll pull, I'm just going to pull this up real quick. You just realize this is purely an audio medium. So no, I know, but hold on. on your phone. He was a Polish United, he was a Polish American, service branches, United States Army and Navy and the Polish Air Force. He served on and off between 1912 to 1945. He served in both world wars and, and various other ones. He was, he was, he made it up to Brigadier General of the United States Army. Like, this guy was ridiculous. Mexican Border Service Medal, World War One Victory Medal, Asiatic Pacific Campaign Medal, World War II Victory Medal, Order of Vitturi Militari, the Cross of Valor. Like, this guy was ridiculous. And he made movies, but he was a real-life badass. Like, he made, I think, a few uh, minor archaeological discoveries, if memory serves. I got to look into that a bit more again to be certain. But, damn, the you know... I really wish that the remake of King Kong that was in the early 2000s was received better because, not going to lie, the Jack Black one, you know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't. It was good. You know what the background, they, you know what they were doing in the background, the movie that he was making? That was the original King Kong. The entire time, they were literally filming a shot-for-shot remake of the original King Kong. If you paid attention, the entire movie, Jack Black is, is directing the original. Oh, cool. Jack Black is playing Marion C. Cooper in this movie. They actually name drop him. Oh, she's working. They they name, they bring up the original actress. He's like, what about her? Oh, she's working for doing something for RKO. Cooper, huh? Yeah, it's the original. Like that's who they're referencing. She's making King Kong. <laughs> in the universe, King Kong is being made while they're making King Kong. <laughs> it's a, it, honestly, yeah, it had its problems. It could have been done better in a few moments. They overfocused, I think, on certain things on the island and did a few too many gross-out scares, like the bug scene shit was unnecessary. But, goddamn, it was a good movie. Like, yeah, it was pretty good. It was freaking good. It was a fun movie. I thought, like, overall it was done very well. Like, Jack Black, when you give the man a script, the man can act. <laughs> like, say what you want about him. Like, damn, he's a good actor. I love Jack Black. I love Jack Black. He's fucking awesome. He's a really cool dude. Like, fuck, Jack Black's the shit. But... <laughs> Say what you want about his movies. Yeah, Gulliver's Travels was, I'll use a kinder word, a botched, botched, botched opportunity. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, that was bad. I've never seen it. It hurt. It, I it, didn't want to. It hurt. The book is amazing. The book is fantastic. If you haven't read Gulliver's Travels, the book is fantastic. Oh, that movie hurt because it should have, because Jack Black was the perfect Gulliver. Oh, if they just made the book, if they just made it where Gulliver was, t- was telling his story to the guy that is like, so the way the book is set up is that Gulliver is telling his story to a dude who doesn't believe in the entire time. He says, I'll give you this amount of time to convince me. He's like, okay, if you still don't believe me at the end of the book, he says, all right, if you still don't believe me, look out your window tonight at this time. He looks out and sees something that definitively proves Gulliver's story. Like that's all you had to do. Just make the book. It's a fucking good book. Instead, they kind of made the book. (laughs) But Jack Black is a great actor when you give him a strip. Like School Rock, to this day. That's a great movie. That's an incredible movie. But that just, it's a well shot movie. It's a well acted movie. It's a, it's just good. The music, the soundtrack is, I mean, classic rock, so obviously it's great. But, <laughs> damn, you know, it's a shame. Like, I, it's a shame that he just doesn't get better movies. Tenacious D was good. It still holds up. Yeah. That's a great movie. I, mean, I don't know if it still holds up because I haven't seen it recently. Ah, oh, you're right. I actually haven't seen it in a while. Last time I saw it, it held up. But it wasn't bad. The, the soundtrack was up, at least. Oh, yeah. I'll say that. I mean, Tenacious D is Tenacious D. Yeah, they're always fun. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a shame, though. Like, the whole... It's a shame how, like, so many so many talents are wasted in so many movies. Like, there's so many good actors that always get shit movies. Jeremy Irons. Best example. D&D. Aragon. 
Like, the man is an unbelievably good actor. Get a new agent, you motherfucking brilliant actor. Like, come on. Get better movies. <laughs> he played, he was literally the only thing that made Aragon watchable. I've never seen that. Movie. Don't. <laughs> I have the books literally right there. All four of them are right there. Right, they are. All I know is the dragons seem to be giving bedroom eyes on half those yes. covers. So. Yes, they were. But <laughs> no, but it also no, but really the books. Yes, they're ripped off of Star Wars. The first one was fucking written by a fifteen year when he was fifteen years old. Fuck all y'all. You, let's see what you wrote when you were fifteen. But they, yeah, they over rip off Lord of the Rings. They over rip off uh, the Star Wars. I'll criticize them. We're criticizing you. At the same time, damn, are they good books? They still made really good books. They were they were fun. They were well executed as a whole. The characters are relatable. There are some parts that are cringy. There are a few parts that are bloated. He could have cut a few things out. I feel like as a whole. He was a teenager but when he wrote it. For the first couple, by the by the last few years in his twenties. For his first couple, still yeah. counts. Yeah, but he was at, he was a very but the movie. Goddamn, oh, it hurts how bad the movie was. Like, oh man, the movie should have been so much better. It's a shame. Like the movie was. God, like, have you seen? Have, oh God, I hope you haven't seen Arms Foul. No. Have you seen how bad it was though? Have you seen the I reviews? I watched a cynical reviews video on it. Oh, I love you for knowing him. I love cynical. I love cynical. But he that uh, doesn't narrow down any YouTuber because like every other. I know. Yeah, there's cynical like reviews. seventy different like YouTube channels with the name cynical. The cynical reviews yeah. is literally his name though. That's yeah. literally the name of the channel. But the fact is like you have cynical Brit, rest in peace. You know. <laughs> Like, you know, cynical drinker, cynical history. No, cr- critical drinker. Oh, critical I'm sorry. But I'm pretty sure there's a, a 99% trend. There's another YouTuber by the name of Cynical it. drinker possible. Uh, drinker, well, drinker is different because he's actually a professional author. So, I mean, in his case, he's slightly you, different. But, you know. I'm just like, we're like, kind of giving you a No, no, I didn't give me shit. I know. Like, half of the YouTubers you've, like, recommended me have probably, like, had cynical in their name. Cynical, yeah. No, no, actually. Only the one. That would be CJ. CJ's the only one I watch that actually has that name. <laughs> Funny enough. That's the weird thing, because you're right. That is a more common thing, but he's actually the only one I watch. <laughs> anyway. I like, I, yeah, Arnest Val. Oh, my God. Do you know how long that movie actually was in the making? I think it was like a, a development of like a next song. Fifteen years. Fifteen years. I'm serious. Like that movie had had like was they announced it. I think when I I read that book in third grade about a dozen times. I fucking love Artemis Val. Those books. I probably can't even emphasize how much they 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 had an impact on me at the time. Yeah, they're 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 they are what they are. They're teen novels. Don't go into them expecting anything else. They're they're excellent though. For what they are, they are fucking excellent. If it's not your target audience, don't expect that they're gonna they're gonna speak to you. But as if you're a writer, you'll gain a lot of re- lessons from these books for how to how to develop characters, how to make plots, how to make settings, how to describe. Like the way that like Denise, you read these books recently. The way yeah. that Ian Cole, Ian Culver is excellent at painting a picture in your brain. Like the man is a master w- with uh, at making a picture with words. Mm-hmm. Like he he is phenomenal. But it, yeah. the way that they bastardized Artemis Fowl, I can't even put into words how much they bastardized this movie. It's not even like they. You know how they typically say that it's the book is always better. In this case, it's not even funny how much worse the movie is. They made decisions that don't make any fucking sense in any capacity. They made characters be... Ra- so the reason why... So in this one specific case, 
the race of this character actually matters for his backstory and for like who he is as a person and like what led him to where he is. The character Butler, who I'm not going to say his name if you haven't seen the movie, do not watch it until you've read the book. His name is a fucking spoiler. The la- his la- Butler is a character who is Asian Irish, an Asian Irish giant, eight feet tall. A super, super minority. They make him a random black dude. The actor is good. I don't blame the actor for taking a role. The actor did a good job with a shitty, shitty material. But I, I, I'm not saying he can find that kind of, that specific of a thing, but at least make him Irish. At least make him Asian at the very least. But because it's it's actually this, because he trained very specifically and, very, and his family was connected very specifically from lineage. It's a whole thing. It's a I long mean, story. But, I mean, like, yeah. For me, it's like if it actually matters to the story, then yeah. It, but for like, this specific, I don't want to go into spoilers for why it matters. Time, like, I really don't Mo- most of the time, it doesn't. And I agree with you, but with this specific character, and I don't want to get into spoilers for why it does matter for his character. He's very unique. He's his. He's somebody that stands out very specifically. It's something about his character that's very and important. Like, if they left very... another character the way that she was supposed to be, then they wouldn't have to fill in the black character role because. And that's essentially... That's what's weird. Like, they, they made one character white to make thing. another character black. It was very weird. That's the most frustrating yeah. thing, is you will often see the same actor used in many Disney films, and they will essentially be, like, the only the only black guy with a speaking role. Yeah, that's movie. it's the dude that... If you've seen Cinderella, the guy that played the butler... I'm not in, trying um, to be Cinderella, the live-action one. You have it? Okay. But Disney essentially turns... Good actor, token but... Black guy. Yeah, they have Even turned him he into is that. A great he's actor. a great actor, and I got no no disrespect to him in any I capacity. Feel bad for but him. this is what they've done to him. He's this become the token black guy. Yeah, and I hate to say that. I don't like that term, but this is what they've basically done to him in all of the movies he's in. It's a yeah. real shame because he shouldn't be. He's it's, an excellent it's a real actor. Shame. This should not be he's a thing. Very talented. This should not be a thing. This yeah. is what. <laughs> and the thing is with Butler, if they'd actually just made him Butler, holy shit, he would have been great. If they'd actually just made him the character, oh my god, okay, fine. It, it's not right. It's and a problem Holly for the character, but okay. Holly in the books is described as Auburn as Auburn hair, um, chestnut skin. She's fucking a black redhead. Fuck. Weird, but it, it can exist in a magical but world. She's, a fair, she's an elf. She's literally yeah. an elf. Yeah, she's an elf. But she's... So but you then could you have, have but, given a, a light-skinned uh, yeah. African-American that role of Holly... Yeah. Giving her the red yeah. and eye treatment. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you, you made, but then they made her token white, random white girl that you're gonna forget the second you walk out of the movie. And then they brought in Judy Dench for some reason to play the male commander who is like a father figure to her, because for some reason people perceived him as sexist, even though no, he's not. That's a he very was important. Pushing her because he knew that she was setting a precedent. Other people were set. He wasn't sexist. She thought he was in the beginning of the book. He yeah. wasn't. He was pushing her to make her stronger because other people were sexist. Yeah. He was trying to make sure that no one had an excuse to push her around to kick her down. And they even explained that in yeah. the very first chapter, which yeah. makes it weird that people don't understand that. Yeah. And that was a misconception she had. They changed things in the book that don't make sense to change. They made like they change they they combined the first two books in a weird way that doesn't make any sense for the plot. They spoiled major details from the third book. By having Butler's name be revealed, which they huge, huge, I cannot emphasize this enough moment from the third book. Like, it was heart-ripping. You cannot spoil this moment enough by having his name in the book, in the movie. Because it's supposed to be the professional separation. 
he has from Artemis. I am Butler. That is all I am. You know nothing else about me except my sister because he has nowhere else for her to go. That's the only reason Juliet is in the story. And she humanizes him more. Yeah. Juliet, they all, who they also ruined, by the way. Artemis just needs people whose age is what exactly. they can eventually figure out. Exactly. she needs someone for her. But Juliet in the movie is a complete waste of space character who does nothing and is completely pointless. In the book, she's a wrestling badass who can literally field strip a fucking firearm with one hand while someone is holding the trigger. She's an absolute badass. She can do shit that is, uh, that doesn't seem possible, but she can do it. In the movie, she's stereotypical female character number 53. You know what I mean? Like that just, why are you here? You don't contribute anything to this movie. Character. In the book, she's anything but. She is an excellent, com- a very complex character that has a lot of impact on Artemis' character, on humanizing him. More importantly, Butler's. I'm Butler, especially. But, like, goddamn, Artemis Fowl. I didn't expect to be talking about this movie, by the way, but this is a movie that I need to talk about because... Frustrating. I have been literally waiting since... Let me emphasize this to you again. Third grade. Now, I was in third grade when 9-11 happened. That is how long I have been waiting for this fucking movie to be made. 20 goddamn years. I've been waiting for this movie to be made. Oh, I, yeah. All of them are marked as explicit. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. 20 goddamn years. I will emphasize that again. I'm waiting for this movie. For that. For this. For this horrible thing you, you've given me. You, they, oh, God, the dwarf. The dwarf had some gross out things because he's a dwarf. In the books, their nature is disgusting because oh, they're, living, they're living worms. Like, they're fucking sentient worms is the way the dwarves are designed. They eat dirt. The way their body processes dirt is they eat it and it processes it and it comes out the other side to be less gross as clay. They are, dwarves are, and fill a very important role in the fairy underworld and in their society. The character of Mulch Diggums, who's hilariously, yes, it's a kid's book, come on, is a very complex one that they utterly, utterly assassinate in in this movie. It's actually disgusting how they assassinate Mulch's character. He goes from this, I don't give a fuck thief Who's, always, who's just doing this because he wants to get out of jail free card and to find a way to escape, to a dude who's literally willing to sacrifice himself for a human, which in their world is insane. He and Artemis actually become friends. Artemis, the villain in the first book, becomes friends Yeah, it's not people. supposed to be that quick. But in the, by, the, by literally the halfway point of the movie, he and Holly are friends, which, by the way, was a three-book process. <laughs> It sped up everything and made it impossible to do real sequels. It's, God damn it. Like, it's, it's a book. It's a movie. The books, if you have kids, I cannot emphasize you, to you enough. Get them to read these books. They are and phenomenal. Any of Ian Culver's works are phenomenal. He made a book called Airman that's basically Count of Monte Cristo Irish. It's great. It's fine. It's awesome. If you go into it, yeah, it's a very blatant, very blatantly inspired uh, Count of Monte Cristo. I call, I'd actually say it's actually well enough to be an homage. I would actually give it that credit. It's an homage. So is the is revenge just destroying someone's potato farm? <laughs> Close, it's Irish Castle. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh man, no, but it's a good book. It's a really good book, though, in all seriousness. Like that's one of his more mature books, targeted for much like for older older teens. I thought it was very well done, though. Like it, it differs enough from Count of Monte Cristo and changes it up enough that it's like, oh damn, this is really cool. And it also gives a lot of a really interesting history lesson in Ireland in the 1800s, which is kind of cool. Like gives a really cool little window into the time period. It's a, it, he's a, he's an interesting author. Like he wrote a lot of side books that were very good, and a lot of them that I would love to see made. And I I feel bad that he was contractually obligated to endorse this movie that utterly bastardized his work, mm. because there is no way he was happy with this. I refuse 
to believe he was happy with this. He was probably just happy it had finally existed after so many years. Yeah, so that he could just have it off from over his head. I mean, he was happy with that Disney paycheck. That too, probably. That's probably the main thing. I hope he spends it well, and I'm sad that he has to go. Well, as an Irishman, he spent it on a solid gold shillelagh. Hopefully he's going to make new (laughs) No, 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 no. How dare you? (laughs) Wish he would go leaf in it, you fucking racist. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, ah, they brought me a full pot of gold. Yeah, I see. (laughs) Bushwell's finest. No, seriously, Bush was a great whiskey. And also, yes. also, hello, any potential Irish listeners. I come in peace as an Irish American. I, I my last name is very Irish. Anyway, my, my favorite YouTuber is Irish. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> well, but anyway, that bit of pandering aside. Uh, <laughs> but no, but really, Artist Fell. Like in all seriousness, I think I'm going to make a, movie, a, a video about this movie because I can't emphasize enough how much they fuck it up. They fuck things up that just fundamentally, just because it would have saved them money to do it right doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they did things wrong that don't make any, that just, in terms of just saving a budget, don't make sense. The car- they hired actors that were that were more expensive than they needed to. Like, Judy Dench? Why? In Disney fashion, his mom's dead, right? No, 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 no. Oh, wait, in the movie? Yeah, in the she? movie. Is she? She doesn't exist in the movie, I'm pretty sure. I have, I have not seen the movie. She's either or dead or No, they fucked that. His mom isn't in the movie? Oh shit, she is, and I blocked that out because that is such a big deal. If she's not in the movie, that is actually half of his character wiped out. That's way worse than what they did in Lost Jacobs because Lost Jacobs is actually pretty spot on compared to a couple B. Compared to what they did to Holly, Butler, Juliet, Root, and yes, Root. And Cudgeon isn't even, Briar isn't even in the movie. Artemis and his dad, too. Our Briar Cudgeon isn't even in the movie, which is a huge Oh, problem. and of course his mom, because if she's not there, that's... that's like, so Artemis' humanizing factor is if his mentally ill mother. His mentally ill mother. Artemis' father vanished because he made he tried to break into the Russian Mafia's territory in the books, which is... This is like chapter two, you find this out. His, his ship was hit with a missile in the, in the, in the Russian Ocean because it's the 90s. And it's fucking Russia. What do you think is going to fucking happen when you're muscling in on the Russian mafia who are literally owning the country at this point in time? Anyway, um, but uh, that's why they don't it right now. But uh, no, the, the fuck. The, he, so his father disappears. Artemis's mother has mad gone mad with grief. Thirteen-year-old Artemis is forced to take over his father's criminal empire. His mother literally makes a fucking dummy out of cheap, shitty whatever the fuck she finds around her room to represent his father. That is how mentally ill his mother is. Like, she doesn't know where the fuck she is gone. And Artemis has this very human moment where he's just a little boy watching his mom kill herself slowly and wanting his dad back. And then he goes back to doing this terrible plot of kidnapping an innocent thing he has never met before in his life and never done him any harm. Like, that kind of ambiguity. But he thinks that he's doing the right thing because he thinks the end justifies the means. And it, he's, he's, he's trying, trying to get to the goal. To, he's trying to get the goal from the fairies that he knows that they have, which they do for various reasons. That's the whole thing. I'm not going to spoil from the plot. Because they live in, in, in long story short, they live in the deep world. They live in the deep earth. Of course, they have fucking early. gold. They live in deep earth. They have a shit ton of fucking gold. It's not like it's hard to find down there. But. She, he can't, because he's trying to fund the search for his father and keep his family out of, basically, keep his family from losing their home. Well, that too, of course. It's, 
it's interesting. This morally ambiguous storyline where the villain is the main character that you also have to kind of get with and relate to and understand. Then you watch him go from this villain in the first book, this definitive villain in the first book, to a solidified, unambiguously solid hero in the later books. Not an anti-hero at first? Oh, no, anti-hero first. That's what I mean. Like, transitioning to a hero in the later books. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. But the books are good, and it's a shame the movie couldn't do it. Like, damn, man. Yeah. Like, you, you were talking about this, like, adaptations and shit. Like, they always over-focus on the wrong things. Um, like, yeah, like, I don't know. It seems like studios don't always know who to put in charge of adaptations. Yeah. Like, people yeah. that really... Like, they don't, like, they'll pick someone that's, like, a good movie maker, but not care about what they're... Like, the movie that they're going to be doing. Yeah, not care about the book. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, if... Doom. Are you going to see that new Mortal Kombat movie coming up? Maybe. I mean, I've got HBO Max right now, and that's coming to Max. So okay, I'll, we'll watch it. Like, okay. I'll watch it. I'll yeah. watch it with you, yeah. All right. Okay, we'll, we'll watch, watch it. it. Like, for me, that's like, well, I'll give it a shot. Then. Yeah, we'll watch it, okay. I'll watch it with you. I'll see if I don't want to fall asleep first. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, so the first Mortal Kombat was the right kind of cheese. It was the right kind of cheese. The second one we don't talk about. The second one... It's the wrong kind of cheese for the right way, but it, but in all the right ways. That makes it so it, bad it's good. It is so bad it's good. I think it's the first one is is actually decent, and it's because of what you're what it's supposed to be, it's actually pretty decent. Yeah, it's a competent film. Two is the better movie because you get more enjoyment out of it because it's so bad. The first one <laughs> is actually a decent movie. The second one is oh my god, get the whiskey and play a drinking game. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's the that's the kind it's of like you're, you're gonna have, have more fun trashing on the second movie. We're gonna watch the first movie, but the first movie is a competent film. It's enjoyable. It's actually like it's better than it should be. Like actually, another great example: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, '90s one, a movie that should not be as good as it is. Those were pretty good. Yeah. The first two. We'll emphasize that. The first two. The third one is so bad it's good. But <laughs> the first one, especially the first one, very, very. I want to actually focus in as very specifically on the first one. I would actually say it's one of the greatest comic book movies ever made. I would actually argue that. Uh, how could you say that when Avengers exists, Mike? Avengers 1 is excellent. Iron Man is excellent. In the first 20 minutes... Or of, Suicide Squad 2018, the greatest comic book movie. How can that? How can the Ninja Turtles beat that? You can't see this, audience, but I am writhing in pain on the floor right now. Um, but... <laughs> the, um... Really, in the first... So, in, the, in, in all seriousness, in the first 20 minutes of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 90s one, you get... April O'Neil narrating the situation of what's going on as a news story, introducing that she's a journalist, who she is, and what's going on in New York City, introducing the Foot Clan, the crime wave that's going through the city, and talking about what's going on. You then get her rescued by the Turtles, beating up members of this gang, introducing the interaction between the Turtles and Saving the City. This is their first outing. You then introduce the main characters, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You then get Splinter. You then get all of their character archetypes. Ralph goes to the surface, runs into Casey Jones. That's the first 20 minutes. You have plot, characters, conflict, villains. Set up. You've, already met, you've already met Shredder, but at least in silhouette. Um, that sounds to me like a very competent and well-executed first act, doesn't it? In a movie that everybody says, oh, it's so stupid, it's so cheesy. Fuck all y'all. Those suits would look amazing. Those are animatronic suits that those guys are wearing, and the mouth effects were phenomenal for 1990 fucking whatever. And yes, cheesy, it's turtles. It's turtles. What do you expect? Is it wrong that, like, you ever see that YouTube video of the girl that had, like, an obsession of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? No. Like, wore the mask, put mayo on pizza. I, anytime Which is I see awesome, those... actually, by the way, but... I'm about to pack up my shit and leave after that. <laughs> 
you know, rash. It's basically the same thing, dude. Yeah, it's 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 only a slight shade different. Yeah. Mayo is basically made of the same you know stuff what? as you know. You know mayo we've been the observers. Um, we're saying. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man. Honestly, you know? Matt, we've got your food. <laughs> <laughs> we introduced him to Indian. We introduced him to Indian food today. Uh, anyway, um, but 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 all seriousness, though, we're, we're talking about the turtle. We're talking about this movie, though. It's very well set up. There are several moments that are directly lifted from the comic and so perfectly set that I actually saw a YouTuber do a side-by-side of the comic to the movie. It was perfectly framed. They got every detail right, right down to the fucking a rust stain on the truck being exactly where it needed to be to get the shot right. That's effort. That's what we need in movies to make them good. Effort. Like, just because you put effort into a movie doesn't mean it's going to be good. It's still got to be good behind all of that effort, which... But at the same time, I feel like we've lost that in Hollywood. We've lost that with a lot of the... Because Marvel, a lot of the Marvel movies are good. Most of them are not. Most of them are just fine. Or outright bad, I would actually argue. And, I mean, I will, I'll will i make a list of which ones I would define that. I, I've already said Iron Man, we'll Winter Soldier. We'll talk about that. We just talk Marvel. Because actually, I would love to do that with you one time. We actually just have a podcast. There's so much to talk about, about with Marvel. Yeah, but I never got into the comics as a kid because I never had the money or the attention span. Be completely honest. Matt, respect if you were into the comics, by the way. If you were, good for you. My cousin was into that shit, and I respect the hell out of the comics. It was never a matter of not thinking that they were good. I just did not have the money. Or the it was mostly a matter of us wanting to lose our virginities. And I'm also putting my money into video games, so sorry. I already have my passion. Also, uh, comic books sometimes be losing their minds. Yeah. So. Yeah, but, and also, but. I like movies because I like watching somebody put their dreams on there. Like, you know what was funny today? I was I was watching uh, a video where they used... Uh, are, you, are you familiar with Paths of Glory? No, Have you seen this movie? It's a Stanley Kubrick movie. A very lesser-known Stanley Kubrick movie. It's a World War One movie. Where um, he... Uh, I, I'm not going to get into the plot here, but... Kubrick actually met his wife on the set of this movie. When I was a kid... This movie... I'm sitting there watching this movie that I find on... on I think it was TNC, actually. Turner movie. Turner. I'm watching this movie and I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking good. Like, I don't know what it was. This black and white movie. I had no idea for years what the title of this movie was. This one scene always stuck in my head. They drag the soldiers are being rowdy. They drag the, they're drunk. They drag this German girl onto the stage to make, and they're telling her to sing for them. They're being rowdy. I mean, it's a fifties movie. So don't expect anything gratuitous or anything like that. But then she just starts to sing this song in German. I can't remember the song on the top of my head. It was something familiar to them, like something that you would recognize, I think. If you if you knew the song, like a certain music, you would recognize it. And the whole room at first is laughing, still being rowdy. And then slowly they just go silent. And then they all start humming along with her. And it's this very beautiful, reverent moment that kind of came out of nowhere. And it was very good. It was very unique. And it always struck me how reverent this moment was, how much focus and how well shot this girl on stage, this random girl on stage, who was literally credited in the movie as German singer, German singer girl. And like, if you look this movie up, she was married before that point until 1957. The next year she married Stanley Kubrick and didn't leave him until he died and, and didn't leave him. She was with him until he died. 50 years, almost or for, uh, 45-ish, 50 years they were together. That's fucking beautiful, man. Like, he just met this random girl that he, that, and she made him fall in love with, 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 she made him fall in love with her because she gave an incredible performance that showed real beauty and a real moment that, that made this movie something special. I never saw this movie again and I need to watch it again because the whole movie is phenomenal. I definitely highly recommend you watch this one. There's a whole plot involving war crimes, 
I don't want to get into that much because that's not my point here. But it's a it's it's a very Kubrick is an excellent director and he knew when to take risks. Passion used to flow from movies. Passion used to come from passionate directors. So yeah, Kubrick was a very imperfect man. He did a lot of things that were not good, that were downright abusive. But at the same time, watch The Shining, watch Doctor Strange Love, watch The Paths of Glory, watch any of his movies. You'll get a map. horror does a bit of people. Yeah, the rest of that's still yeah, but it's still a masterpiece. Oh, it's still, that's still a masterpiece, but like, ooh, that's hard to watch. It's hard to watch, but you you know what you're getting into when you get into that movie. You know what I mean? Like he was. I think the only director I can compare to him is Tarantino or Edgar Wright. To be completely honest, they're the only ones I'll t- actually no no no. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's actually not fair at all. Um, the fuck. Coen Brothers are both excellent. Fucking uh, god damn it, they were supposed to direct Ant Man originally and also Solo. The good parts of Solo that everybody actually liked were directed by them. Ant-Man, the good parts... I have no... Is it David Fincher? No, No, they're brothers. Um, No, no, excuse me. Ant-Man was was Edgar Wright. Excuse me, I'm confusing that one. But the good parts of Solo, it's a pair. Um, I don't know. They made Clone High as well, but... um, That still doesn't help me. Hold on, man. Let me look this one up, because I'm actually... This is now going to bother me, but... There's a lot of of passionate people, and I feel like now what's interesting is they're actually moving towards Australia. Hollywood is going to Australia. Well, I think you're... Like, there's still passionate movies being made. It's just not the ones that are making buku bucks, because that's the one that's... The, like, that seems to be, like, what's kind of courting nerd culture, being, like, the superhero movies and stuff like that. Like, you know, you have to find the more interesting artsy films on, like, now Netflix or Amazon. But you know what's sad, though? The movies that used to make the money were good. Like, there weren't, like, The Great Escape. Like, that movie made, like, made ridiculous bank. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. And I mean, that's, that's, I'm sorry, if it's not your cup of tea of a movie, that is just an objective fact. This movie is considered one of the greatest ensemble films ever made. But like it's, you're saying, yeah. but that's what I'm just trying to fight you on that, like movies with love and care aren't being made. Cause they are, they are, like I watched a lot of them. A lot of them get bastardized is the problem. Most of them do get bastardized, I feel like. Studio interference, like the big studios used to know what keep hands off. I now they like let sometimes it. you feel... Like, you're already an old man when it comes to new music and new movies. No, that's not even true, because I like no, a lot of new movies, I agree too. with like, the niche. No, I like a lot of new movies, too, and I actually do find a lot of new music that I like, too. It just depends. It just depends. I like passion. But most I of like... the time, you're pretty snooty. Yes and no. I can't say that I'm... Because, like... like my, I mean, my picky. I'm picky, yes. I'll agree with that. I won't say snooty, because that's not fair. That's not a fair character. <laughs> that's no, teasing you, because you're my husband. I, but I also, I mean, to be fair, my favorite thing, my one of my favorite movies is The Fucking Room. So, I mean, come on. Because you are also weird as hell. Because I like, I like passion, but I also like humbling reminders that no matter what I make, I'm never going to make something this fucking horrible. I mean, there's no promises. No, you literally have to go out of your way to make something as horrible as The Room. Especially after watching The Disaster Artist. You have to go out of your way to make something that bad. Like, that was impressive how out of his way he went to fuck that movie up. It was bad to begin with, and he just found ways to make it worse along the way. Yeah, a few good actors only had tiny parts. The best actor in the movie was a little guy with fucking five lines, and he was ridiculous. He was amazing. Like, they didn't even give him props in The Disaster Artist for how good he was. He was really good. She just had terrible writing to work with. Yeah. It's sad. It's so That's why sad. it's so entertaining to watch her because she's giving her greatest performance possible. She just loves acting. Yeah, the disaster artist is one you should watch. Have you seen it yet? Yeah, I've seen it. It's great. It's yeah, a great movie. Yeah. It's love just, it. She reads it straight, and so it's just like, oh my which god. Which is hilarious, yeah. which makes it even funnier 
She's just so like fucking funny. It makes it easy it's to official. Laugh. I definitely have breast cancer. Oh my god. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then never brought up again. Nope. Yeah. Now the best part is when later on they're saying, "What are you doing? You can't be doing this to Johnny." I agree with that. Who the hell are you, dude? <laughs> Guy who's never been seen before or introduced by name. Like, how do you know what's going on with Johnny, anyways? Who told you? Who the hell are you? Literally, the running. I think it's a running meme among the fan base. Who the fuck are you? The problem with the room is Tommy Wiseau became self aware. You should never have. He skydived. <laughs> he skydived us all. Tommy Wiseau was the coming of Skynet. He took the bullet so that John Connor wouldn't. Apparently, he made a show that. So that it wasn't even good. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, it's because he became self-aware. He's like, I'm going to make comedy now. Yeah. Now he's trying, and there was no, no, that wasn't, that wasn't how it worked. That, yeah. It's the thing that made the room great is because once again, a movie was made with love. I love the end. I love the end of the <laughs> like, movie though, when the fucking ambulance is the ambulance sound effect is way too close. I'm like, oh my god, it's in the room with them. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like to get back. To that point where you're saying movies are love anymore, okay, which is that's not what I mean. I mean, the, the movies that are made with love don't make the money anymore, is what I'm saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that has kind of been happening since like for a while now. Yes and no, which is, I mean, yeah, that's but at the same time, that's kind of my point. That's the trend that ended up unfortunately leading to where we are. But then it's like, why are you paying attention to those movies instead of searching out ones? That you find interesting and wanting to watch because that's not, that's what I've been doing. Like I don't I do. watch Marvel movies. I well, that's what I do. But it's I share Netflix that, but, looking for movies like. But I also or, I also would like to live in a time where I can just talk movies that are mainstream pop culture that are also in depth and insightful. And, you know what I mean? Like it's rare to get that nowadays. It isn't trying to just be preachy and like forcing a point instead of just making a movie that also has something to say, which is a different thing. It's a different. Um, actually, it's not that strange if you look at sociologists. Even from the sixties, mass media has the pastiche of looking like it's saying something important without ever really saying it. Like look at sure. stuff like the old Mission Impossible series or like I Spy or those things. Are like they're very much influenced by like the kind of paranoia of like the cold war, but they're not really saying anything about the and cold it. And what's funny. And even James Bond was never actually a faithful adaptation of the books, which is a great point. Like, yeah. They, like they like, not like they have the, they're appearing like they're saying something, but they're not really saying anything. Oh, it depends on the movie you're talking about. Like with James Bond, some of those movies have some like very good things. To say. I'm not but, saying like everything, but like for the most part, when it comes to mass media, you kind of see that now. Which ironically, like, the best one for sidebar really quickly with James Bond was actually talking about mass media. Tomorrow never dies. But anyway. but like you know, yeah. you see that same parallel to now. Like I think of like the a game like The Division that was like it it like tried to like wear a code of like gun ownership and like trying to court like right wing ideologies a little bit but it doesn't actually say anything like it's yeah. just like kind of doing that just so it has like a reason to be a shoot bang game it's a shame that it courts some sort of some ideas that are in like popular consensus and it's a shame that Tom Clancy's actually... fucking name is slapped onto that horse shit that his corpse had nothing to do with <laughs> but you kind of get what I'm trying yeah, to say yeah I completely agree it's like, yeah. they try to look like they're trying to say something but don't say anything at all and that's been something that's been going on for you know yeah. 70 years but even then it depends because writers will always find a way but oh, yeah, no, they, you're right though now i i'm phrasing what i'm trying to say poorly but at the same time back in the day, like, 
I mean, fuck, Donald Pleasance used to be one of the main, one of the greats. Like James Garner, like these people that were also directing writers, Clint Eastwood back in his prime before. Like, I mean, fuck, Gran Torino. God damn, we got lucky with that movie because everything has made sense has been god awful. Like, <laughs> the thing is, like movies like that, like they, when they make money, they don't make all the money. Which well, Gran Torino did. Gran Torino yeah. was a rare like, exception, though. But, but you get like yeah, I get where you're pointing. Yeah. Like you know, you're not going to get a movie that's has an important message that's going to top you know, Avengers Endgame or Avatar <laughs> or anything like that. Like they they might like make a a lot more than expected when you know they kind of get the right press and like yeah. everything hits right, but they usually like do good enough to like get the director to make another movie. Yeah, you know, but. Then that's I understand like your frustration of like looking at things like you know you see the top ten movies of all time like or these, movies these, and they don't and really say much. Everybody calling them the greatest movies. Ever. I'm like fuck you. They're not even the greatest superhero movies ever made. Some of them are really fucking good. Yeah, because, some of them can be called that. Yeah, like I said, Suicide Squad 2018. <laughs> I'm saying like collectively speaking though, they can't be called that. Like individually, certain ones can be said that they're excellent films. Actually, even for even for a snob like yeah, a certain snob like me, they're fucking excellent movies. Iron Man is an objectively fucking excellent movie. Winter Soldier is an objectively fucking excellent movie. There are really good movies among the among those movies. There are really bad movies among those ones. Cough, cough, Black Panther, cough. <laughs> I don't think Black Panther was as bad as you. It was pretty horrible. Dude, Dude no. it was pretty horrible. We it, went in thinking it was going to be I, good. I was the only one of my friends who knew who Black Panther was among comic nerds. To emphasize how excited I was for this movie. I walked out to it absolutely furious. I thought it was going to be like, Black Batman, which, which sounds been. amazing. Should have right? been. That's what Black Panther is, basically. Black Batman. It's kind of a fair assessment. I don't even mean that in a bad way. It's awesome. That's what he was kind of designed yeah. to be. He's a badass. I love Black Panther. But that wasn't fucking Black Panther like we saw in fucking Civil War. Black yeah. Pan- the Black Panther we saw in that movie, that was who I would have wanted to see in that screen. The majority of that movie, the biggest reason why Black Panther was was honestly terrible. The whole movie doesn't make sense. They have shit that is just utterly ridiculous. The culture's kind of insulting. Very much so. They have fat shots in their skyscrapers in the most technologically advanced culture in the world. Yeah, why? What, what is what is better about thatch? They're they're wearing like in some cases culturally relevant, but in some cases downright racist shit. Like they're they're, they're one of them had like. One of them is like wearing like ridiculous pier- like piercings that just don't seem like a culture like theirs would be using anymore. Maybe in some cases, but it's I can't say because like I and I don't know. Well, if the you thatch, well, thatch hot thing is my favorite thing. thing that's yes. racist. That's racist. Well, thing but when it came to like thing. costumes and piercings, trial, like, trial, like, trial by combat with the most culturally technologically advanced culture in the world. Yeah. That's yeah. racist. You gotta pick. Are you the most technologically advanced? I don't. Or are you sticking to your traditions? There are cultures like Japan that are technically advanced and also steeped deeply in their culture. The difference is they don't use trial by combat to fucking decide their king. That's ridiculous. That's utterly ridiculous. There's still things that drop with time, like trial by combat. That doesn't work. I also, A, don't know much about, like, African history. B have never read a Black Panther comic. That's not. That's not what I mean. But here's the thing. Here's but, the thing. But the thing is, like, they're trying to base too much of it off of history when it's supposed to be the future. The comics, at least. I'll and like, I don't know what was in the comics. Does so know what they like was True. part of the adaptation? I can't really say. Like, as 
a white-facing person. I, I can't really say I anything guess, about, like, any, anything that had to really do with, like, I can kind of, like, infer from other people's... Okay, okay throw me in the water with my ancestors. That's racist as hell, dude. That's fucking racist. No, you would not fucking say that. Shut up. What are you doing? Why is this guy forgotten by this dude who has been living with his father for decades at so this point? So many There's so many plot holes in this movie. Like, this this movie just... Okay, if we move away from that part, his entire point, his entire plan makes absolutely no fucking sense. You're, you're going to challenge him to trial by combat to take the front. Why would he accept that? Better yet, why does he accept that? Well, we can't stop going yeah. back to the fact that yeah. they're supposed to be the most advanced. They're supposed to be the most technological. So it just, it feels like they don't, they can't decide whether they want to be just completely just about the culture. Like traditionalists or futuristic. Or if they, yeah. I think it's. They can't pick. To fight against you guys, I think it's, there is a way to be technologically advanced and still have saved the culture. Yes. But but you didn't do it right. That's a different argument than you saying it seems like they shouldn't have both. That's not, no, oh, that's no, not what we're saying. No, that's what it kind of sounds like. That's what it kind of sounds like. I get no, what you mean. Okay, I see why that comes off that way. That's not what we mean. I'm no. saying it seems like they couldn't decide no, there are tons. No, there are tons of, of culturally advanced African nations. South Africa is one of the wealthiest nations on earth. That's not what I mean. What I'm saying is, it seems like like they have rhino farmers outside of the shield. First of all, why? Why do they have rhino farmers? Oh, <laughs> for rhino meat. Rhino meat. Are you familiar with that meme? Are you actually familiar with that meme? Rhinos do not produce milk. That is an EFAP meme. I cannot believe you actually just made that fucking argument. That is not a thing. It was just a dumb joke. Someone actually said that seriously. That's the best part. You were not trying to be serious. The meat, yes, I'll give you that. Because I don't really think Disney cares about a black panther adaptation they did it for more money yeah but i just wish they made like the character that they showed us in civil war the character that was in that movie because that wasn't him like i like for me i'd rather not to say that your any of your opinions are invalid but i'd rather like listen to a black person how he feels about the i I hate that argument though i fucking hate that argument i'm not i get what what you mean but i hate i'm also saying that it's yours is not invalid but I would be more interested. We just can't turn black for you, man. I know. I'm sorry. We just can't. The way, the way the, my my counter to that point is okay, but I'm still I'm still talking about it from a writing perspective, and that's still. Oh no, I'm not. I know what you mean. No, I know you. I know you're not. I'm not trying to say this to attack you. I just hate that argument because that's something I hear a lot. I always hate like that. I'm not doing it to invalidate. You. I know you're not. I know you're not. I'm not I'm saying, just saying you are. I would like to have like. Yeah. A, no, I agree. Like a black film critic in the room. No, like, that's just what I point. think about this film. That's a fair point. I can agree with that. I can agree. That's also why I like what EFAP did with it because they also had it. They brought in a bunch of different people for that discussion too, which was really good. Which, like, yeah. I don't think I've seen it. It's mostly been like. I'll link you to that one, but yeah. You know, bearded white guys like us that are just like, it was a shit film, and it's like. The reason, well, okay, let's, okay, let's move away from the race points. Let's talk about why it was a shit film purely from a writing perspective. Why are they using fucking spears? Why does she then throw her spear that can be used as a laser and then disarms herself? In this unnecessary chase scene. They wanted the action scenes. But you see what I mean. But you see what I mean. Black Panther was a cinematic masterpiece. I thought it was like a five out of ten. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like that's why I argue. It was watchable. No. It wasn't like great. I went into it. Okay. I think the reason why I'm passionate about this one is because it got so much praise it won Oscars for it won an Oscar for fuck's sake. Like, come on. Come on. 
That was that was pretty cringy. They gave it a new category, which is oh, that's cringy as hell. That's fucked up. Like they did it just to give it an Oscar. They made a new category. Like come I, on. Yes, but I think it was more of like dealing with annoying backlash because yeah, it got a huge fans. Well, yeah, you shouldn't even shouldn't be paying attention to the Oscars anyway because the Oscars haven't been good for decades. Oh no, they've probably never been good ever. No, oh no, that is not true because the first black actress to win an Oscar won it in 1934. The woman who we now call racist, Mammy. The lady who played that character in in the story, the, the character that we now associate with a racial stereotype, was an incredible, important moment in Black history, which is really, really sad. Like she won, she won I, this one, won for best supporting actress. You can actually look up her acceptance. I don't. Great, but it's I, sad. I think she should be celebrated, but you can also look at that character and that archetype. And that specific character, yeah, yes, the character specifically, yes, but it's a shame that because this character is who won the first, you know, and I it's think a shame anyone, that that's overboard. anyone that gives it like more than a split second thought like yeah. actually does think like well you know that actress like yeah. she was doing a job she did, she did a great and, and that's, a great that's not what I mean it's a shame the character if you're talking about it from a literary sense yes is very racist I will agree with that completely it's just a shame that this incredible moment of empowerment is now overshadowed by this archetype that we call it you know what I mean like this is the character that we now this is what we associate with it which is a shame because her performance was very good which is why it got famous thus Stamping it with that archetype, which is a, a, ironically a vicious cycle. But the Oscars once were excellent. They were actually a bashing of progression. They were actually something that led to real progressive change and good things back when progressive actually meant that word. But but I'd say for a solid forty years, those like the, those awards have been corrupt. Yes, yes. After the mob got involved. Is when that got corrupted. The like mafia got forty involved. to fifty years. That, that one, once Sinatra, once Sinatra got into Hollywood, is when. It 40s-ish is when it was Sinatra got in and that was that. Like, which is a majority of its lifespan. So, like, saying, so it might be overseeing to say it's always been corrupt, but for most of its life it has. And even before, even when Sinatra was there for a long time, they managed to hold on for a little bit. They managed to get some good ones in there. They had to pander because Poyansky is still a member of the fucking Academy. But, yeah. But, like, you know, movies, like, movies that win awards that don't always deserve those awards or movies get snubbed or put into categories they don't fucking, really belong in. Actually, great example. Fucking, sorry, Shawshank. Shawshank, great example. Got completely snubbed, ignored entirely for over a decade. No one gave a shit about this movie. It's not considered one of the greatest movies ever made. I mean, I was thinking like recently the movie Minari, which was like an American, it was put into a foreign film category, even though it was made by American actors filmed in America. Just most of it was in Korean. Oh, because it's about a Korean farm, oh, farmer that like, moves to the states, and but like since oh. like about 70 percent of it's playing Korean. Is it good? You see it? Oh, yeah. I'll watch that one. I haven't heard but, like, that. I actually guess that got one. Thrown oh, in, instead of like you know into any other category like a drama, it got put into foreign film. Oh, nice. Majority of it is Shit. in a foreign language, even though it's what? everything did, was done in America, and like I think most of those actors also like are bilingual. Well, then we ignore foreign films way too much. A lot of gems there too. Oh yeah, there's some excellent foreign movies. Fuck, but like that's also a thing. Like, well, that film, like another, an actual foreign film could have taken that spot, and like I you could have really put agree. Minari in like dramas or something. I mean, at least we get Miyazaki. We get like we still get Studio G getting giving us a lot of fucking passion. We get a lot of good good shit from different cultures and different markets. And America still gets us some good stuff. But, oh yeah, like I like I said, you just don't always. I'm a cynic, but. Like, I think you should just try to, like, some film critic channels that, like, actually, like, bring up 
other movies like yeah like um amanda the jedi your movie sucks like they kind of bring up like some smaller known films often so then like i've watched why i missed in quite a while i do start watching him again it's been a while so it kind of like from like i like to watch them as more of like movie recommendations to give a shot that's what i've been watching drinkers actually been doing the drinker recommends on his side channel a lot more he's been doing a lot more like um, like a lot more like good reviews and like talking about like like he did uh, the other day he did uh, big trouble little china Fucking great! Oh, that's movie. a good. Movie. That's a fucking excellent movie. That's one of the most self-aware movies I've ever seen. Because you know what's even more amazing? Half the actors in that movie are fucking Japanese or Korean. <laughs> <laughs> you know that was the last time they used it was like Andrew and Andy was, was it really? Yeah, the last time. Huh? I didn't know that. No shit. Yeah. Huh? I just learned something about a movie that I did not know. That is awesome. Cool. Nice. So. Sweet. I guess I should move on to. I'll talk about Russian Dolls since we went on like a forty-five minute. You know what though? That was a good discussion. I oh no, it was. Yeah, that was. But so uh, just to just to close out that discussion. My taste in movies is bougie. Yes and no. I also love really. I also love a lot of really generic movies. Like fuck. I mean, I love a lot of like very. I mean, most of the yeah, you like Star Wars. Most of the classic. I mean, Star Wars are one of my favorites. Most of the classic Disney movies I love. I mean, but who doesn't? You know what I mean? Like, that's pretty generic. There's a lot of stuff. Like, I like a lot of different movies, but I also like a lot of movies that people wouldn't expect to be good. I like finding movies that you can watch over and over again that reward you every time. Like, you find something in that swasher that you never picked up on before. I think that's... It's not a movie, but I think... I've told you many times, but I think you should get into BoJack Horseman because they've got a lot of behind-the-scenes visual gags and stuff that makes a lot more sense on rewatches. Yeah. And like I think, I'll have to give that one. I'll have to give that one a watch. I need to because I was introduced to it by very poorly, uh, very poor people that I did not like. Very poor, poorly timed individuals that I did not want in my life, but I had to be involved with by pure. Uh, this is my cohort. You are now these people. These people are now your lifeline in school for the rest of your existence in this in this university. Oh, you know what okay. I mean? You know what I mean? Like when you're in that, you know, yeah. Like I don't fucking like any of these people, but I have to work with them. I feel like yeah. Fucking goddamn college. Anyway, <laughs> let's not get into that one. What's my Russian doll though? Yeah, that's so Russian. That's a show that I, I wasn't sure what to make of. I actually need to go grab some shorts real quick though. So get get onto that and start talking. So about Russian what doll is a eight episode like series on Netflix. It kind of follows this. How do I put it? It is very much follows the Groundhog Day like formula of a time loop. Like you kind of see it in the trailer. Like this girl kind of goes through her birthday. She dies. She wake comes to right at the start of that birthday party, and then she kind of have that moment of like going crazy, and it kind of follows her over. Like she keeps doing things over and over again, and like keeps on dying in different ways. And like a lot of the, like it's supposed to be a lot of it's supposed to be funny, and there are a lot of good laughs through the series. I think the series doesn't quite pick up like till four episodes in so i will say like a little bit of a spoiler alert if you want to kind of go in fresh because like i recommend it i don't like mike said he hasn't seen it and denise kind of had mixed feelings about it i know i'm all alone and just kind of vamp and talk no, I, about it my, my kitty got sick i have to clean it up and i have strawberry legs then I have to heal from shaving. Sorry. Um, so I'll just put a little spoiler warning because, like, I the things that I liked most about it kind of started like around like episode four with the introduction of the character of Alan. Because like beforehand, yeah. like it's just mostly Nadia trying to figure out what the yeah. hell is happening. It's just her on her own at first, and, and like once 
Alan gets introduced, it's a lot more interesting. Yeah. It's a lot more interesting once they have another person for her to work with, really. Yeah, and, like, Alan, like, Nadia is, like, a very, like, the stereotype you would think of a New York person, a Russian Jew who's a game designer and does a lot of drugs and, like, she kind of gets strong. Oh, she's a game designer? I didn't realize that. She's a game dev. I didn't realize that. Okay. So, like, she her fa- her favorite pastime is pretty much to get high and just hook up with dudes half the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, you meet your game dev. You know I'm right. Fuck you. <laughs> but when you meet Alan, he's this very like. It's never stated, but it's very much implied that this guy has some sort of OCD. Oh, definitely. Like he, everything is like very much in its place and its order. He has his a very regimented, you know, schedule, and you follow Alan, and it's probably like I don't know, his tenth loop at this. He's doing the same stuff over and over, and he's happy. He's doing it's it over weird. and over. The way I see it, um, like because Alan is following the same schedule, but it seems like he's doing this. Because he wants things to go as best as they can. Yeah, he wants to do the best. He wants to come out with the best outcome, even though he can't change anything. Like, okay, he finds out, like, his girlfriend breaks up with him, so he's trying to make it the easiest for, like, the best breakup he can. Yeah. And do do things like that. He's not doing anything for him. No, he is at first. Until he's like, what are you doing, dude? Until. Joyously meeting up with uh, Nadia, who's in this exact same loop as him, which then leads into them trying to work together to find out how to she's stop this. trying to not die. Yeah, she's just been, he's, like, ducking death as he's, like, well, He's I'm, just doing the same stuff over and over, and he's like, okay, all right, I know what's going to happen. This is fine. So, yeah. And it's like, what, dude? But what? I like how they, like, when they start working together and getting mm-hmm. to know each other is, like, what made the show for me. It is the better part of the show. Like, just... seeing them help each other, because they, yeah. they both have serious, like, mental health issues. Oh, definitely. And, like, they both end up helping each other so much throughout the series, and, like, it's not even, like, even though they, another, like, I'll give another spoiler alert, they do sleep together once, but, like, they don't really seem like a romantic Oh, couple. they did sleep together once, didn't Yeah, but, like, they, they're never really that. romantic they were just friends, really. And that bumped u- uglies, and they just seemed to really care about each other and, like, love each other in a non-romantic sense and, like, want... Yeah, I guess. And, like, want to be there for each other, like, when you get... And, like, they... Like, by the end of it, like, it, I feel like the repeating of their deaths over and over is them, like, repeating their same failings in their own lives by not getting help or trying to deal with their trauma, like, with Nadia dealing with... The problems with her mom. Yeah. yeah. And seeing, like, that little girl she was over and over again. And, like, continually running away and, like, in a way becoming more and more like her mom by, like, her, you know, that relationship she had with her, like, ex-boyfriend who, you know, was is now a single dad. Like, the way that she skips out on that little, on, like, his kid when she was supposed to meet him on a couple, of, meet her on a couple occasions. And, like, when, every time they talk about this girl, like, she sounds a lot like how Nadia was as a kid. So, like, she kind of sees herself in her, so, like, it ends up being, like, a very much a reflection of, like, she's becoming more like her mom without her really wanting, like, she's fought all of her life to not be that. Yeah, exactly. And Alan is also, like, not really ever sought help or, like, 
Oh, yeah. That guy, he's a lot of help. Done anything for himself, really. He never does anything for him. Well, she only does things for her. She's really selfish. She's really really selfless. They both need what the other has. I get that. I think that's fine. I just... I feel like in some parts it was trying to be too smart, and in other areas it didn't explain enough, and it just left me confused and frustrated, and it's like, okay, I guess that's a happy ending at the end. I like happy endings. I felt like it it wasn't even a happy ending. For me, it felt more bittersweet, because... Really? Like, it wasn't, like, happy in the sense that, like, you wanted it to be, because, like, at the end, they both... They get out of the loop. They get out of the loop, but, like, they don't end up in that same timeline together. They end up, Nadia dips from the party, goes to the deli where Al, Alan first was, and he, guess what? It, just like the first night, he's drunk off of his, his ass because his girlfriend broke up with him. And that night, he's going to go kill himself. Yeah, but at the end, like, like first, that's what's going on. And same thing but, with Nadia. Where okay, it's like she's, spoilers, I guess. Because uh, you're getting like, a little confused. I don't know. I've already brought up a spoiler alert. Yeah, but anyways, uh, yeah, at first they're not, and then in the end there's, like, several of them, and they combine until until they have all of their selves. It, that's, because when they go under the bridge, you see several of them, and then once they're uh, out from under the bridge, there's just one him, one her, and they're together, because they see each other and they're like, hey, and they re- they get back together as friends, essentially, is what it's like. Yeah, but it's, so, the way I saw it is, like, both of them entered the tunnel at yeah. different points and, like. And came out together. Didn't seem like it was, I think it felt more like a metaphor. Like, also, there's. There says that they're going to be a season two for some reason. Oh God, jeez! So like for me, like I kind of like, nothing can be sacred, and that's exactly my point. Why is there a season two for that? That's we're kind of not point, getting more something good, they have to ruin it. With my other thing was talking about Atlantis. It was so good. Then they ruined it with Milo's return. <laughs> but like I don't know. For me, it kind of felt bittersweet, and you can see that ending as like they do finally meet, or that they finally reach some sort of self-actualization of helping someone else beyond their self, and like also helping themselves. Yeah. I don't, like, just because, like... I just felt it was really dissatisfying for myself, because it's like, eh, And, like, you know, it was, it came off a lot more interesting in the trailer than it actually was in the show, in my opinion. You know, you have, your opinion is fair. I just... I had a different read on it. Okay. And okay. maybe a little bit more, felt a little bit more personally connected with some of the characters and stuff. That's, that's kind of the other thing. Like, a lot of how you interpret something is how much Yeah, is how personal it is. Like, that's part of why I... I because I saw so much of myself in why, both of them. Maybe that's why Black Panther kind of bothered me. Because you're like, the whitest man I've ever met. Well, it's also because they go after the one dude. They call the fucking American guy a colonizer, which, I mean, at that point, dude, that's just not even, that's just not even accurate. They call him a colonizer <laughs> so often. Yeah. It's like... But, I don't want to go back into the movie, but yeah, like... It's I mean, as lost, an American... Yeah. I'm sorry. Kind of, but not really. It would be more apt if it was like a MI6 guy. Yeah, he's British, British too, which British is also why it feels like playing it's... playing an American... Which is even weirder. Like, why? Being called a colonizer. For no reason by this girl who's never but met him. That's just, like, really weird and random and rude. He doesn't have... He's not had no part in any of that fucking shit. And you have no reason to give him that. Like, I'm sorry, can you at least give him a better... 
fucking derogatory nickname like Whitey or Cracker. <laughs> My wife is now angry for the record that the movie was not racist enough. No, 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 no. It's less racist, I feel. And colonizing? Because it doesn't make sense. If you say Whitey or Cracker, I'm sorry, the empires of Ghana and Mali existed. Glass houses. Oh, this is white. But colonizer, colonizer. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it's, it's so. It's not wrong, but like it's kind of more creative. Yeah, like I it's feel also like that's it's just so mean to ca- call somebody that in this day and age when it's like, dude, it's we are so beyond really. <laughs> he has nothing to do with that shit. Can we not <laughs> and say we did? <laughs> I don't know. Be mad at I didn't him. want to get back, back into this one. I apologize. This no, it's just, he didn't do get... anything racist. I don't know why they come at him. That's just a, yeah, it just feels like unnecessary racism is a lot of the movie. Like, it feels like very unnecessary. Like, no, sometimes. you cannot. No, no, no. You cannot say you're better than everybody else and then be racist. I know it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That movie bothered me a heck ton too. It was also it's just a shame because Black Panther was a badass, and I was really excited. We were really excited for this movie. Civil War, he was awesome. He was the best part of a movie. I actually rather did not like. Oh my goodness! Yes. I didn't like Civil War. I didn't like it. I thought it was pretty bad. To be honest, but Black Panther and Civil War was so cool. Perfect. So cool. He's great. Like the best part of the freaking like just being badass. Like he was, and seeing him with his dad, I really liked that. But then they they have all these. But the other thing with the movie is like they introduce a lot of cell angles, and then never use them throughout the entire movie. Oh yeah, they make him seem like he's a complete stealth person, and then he doesn't even use his stealth. What's the point of all that? (laughs) They make that joke, but he doesn't even sneak with them. Why? Why did you give him these? What was the? What is the reason of the Shekhov's gun not being fired? But, okay, fuck the movie. Moving on. I didn't want to get back into this one. I didn't even want to talk about this. Do you want to talk about Suicide Squad, Denise? Or... Um, I guess I could. I was going to hold off until next time because we got so much, but... Because I actually really did want to talk about modding and like talk about the gaming a little more tonight, too. How so long are you going? Um, almost an, about an hour 45 right now. Oh. Yeah, so I, I could talk about Suicide Squad next time. Okay. So do you want to go into modding a little bit? Yeah, I wanted to talk about modding community and gaming a little bit, because like now that we've gone on a questionable tirade there, then people are probably either going Very to go to the same side. I'm the same side. I know, I know. Everybody's going to be like, Denise is a you racist. Know, I know. She is. The way well, I'm glad she's yeah, no, she's a Texan. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> she's hating me right now. She's glaring at me so hard. <laughs> you know, it's between Texas and stupid is. No. Fucking SpongeBob. Hey, what are you? Patrick, why am I? Uh... <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. I'll be nice. I love you, Denise. Okay, I'll be nice. No, but in all seriousness, no. Look, I don't even, the, the way I look at, uh, at issues with race and with different shit like that, I'm Irish, dude. My ancestors were all slaves and were treated like shit. It's not the same. I know you think but, my uh, opinion's invalid, yeah. but I'm still going to say it. Yeah. The way I look at it is history is relative. Everybody's got shitty ancestors that did shitty things to each other or, or had shitty things done to them. It's all the same, dude. It's just how we look at things, how we treat things, how we talk about things, and how we're not how we handle things now. Do you treat someone like shit because of the color of their skin, or do you talk to them and treat them like shit if they're an asshole? <laughs> yeah, apparently because I don't have the same color skin as the majority of the cast of that movie, I'm not allowed to criticize it. 
Uh, okay, sure. That sounds, fine. That's why I don't want to That is exactly. I, I want to hear what they The I want opposite of what I thought that we were I trying to, hear what to go everybody for. Has to say. Yeah. But I also don't like people using that argument to. I, I would no. I'm not saying you were in any capacity for for absolute clarification. Oh yes, no, 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 no. It's we're more not of implying like, that. It's implying that. I am just yeah. wanting more more voices to talk. Which about I would love more people on here. If we could start getting other people on. I wish we could. It's just not no. That was that's always going to be that would be. If you start getting, like, I would love to have guests on. But, you know, I want. You know, my goal with saying that wasn't to invalidate your. No, I agree. No, I don't. It's I more agree. like we're just venting our frustrations because you're not the only person who says that. But, but when in, you hear in a different it so often, yeah. yeah. When you hear it so often, you get tired and you get frustrated because it's yeah. like, why is my but opinion I, I agree with not invalid, mean. not valid because of the scalp, the color of my skin, because of my gender, because of I, my background. Why can't I have an opinion? That's not saying, we're not saying you're saying that. No, what we're, we're not saying, saying, let, let, let him, saying him, that, but it feels like society saying that. Let him, let him, let me ask I'm just trying to say, like, yeah. more diverse voices tend to make more interest. I agree. Yes. Or have interesting well, okay. critiques yeah. and, and, like, different views, like, you know. Well, then maybe it's all your fault for picking white people to do this with you, Matt. Well, I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you, bro. We have to, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, I had to. I'm sorry, I had to. Like, no, I, I, yeah. like Denise said, diversity is kind of like jazz. Like, you kind of want, like, 
you want more thoughts, more yeah. things like, you know, exactly. and like part of my problem with like a lot of film critique and like game critique is like, it's predominantly like white dudes that have similar backgrounds to you and I. I feel like it's also partially a stereotype that people feel like they're not supposed to get into it because of that stereotype. Yeah, no, I yeah. agree with that. But then that's an ironic fucking, you know what I mean? That's, is. Isn't that such an ironic fucking thing? I just that's a yeah, that's a cut, dude. Like really? You don't know what Rimmer's background he has. What if he was one of those people that got colonized? He's Irish. He's Welsh. He's a redhead, dude. He's Welsh. He's uh, he was one of the people that got obliterated. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> the Welsh is still in I'm still getting the shit kicked around about Oh yeah. Like fuck! It was legal for years to kill a Welshman in certain cities. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We have nothing. Anybody, any of ninety percent of other races on Earth, shut up. <laughs> I, um, that's a joke. That's a joke. But you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a joke. That's an I, obvious exaggeration. I know you're joking. Yeah. But like at the same time, it's like don't, Very don't actually shut no. up. But like no, no. Everybody talk. Everybody have that. But that's but you know what I mean. That by that's a joke, obviously. But yeah. Like, you want to get into like, why, I, yeah. like that's also like limiting someone's trauma or like what they've done of course. to like someone else's no of course and like, i can and i want it i want people to be able to discuss that and heal from that but i also don't want that to be the only thing that i also feel like at the same time a lot of the narrative discussion has gone to how do i phrase this i'm trying to actually figure out what i mean by this i'm sorry i apologize i don't want to phrase this um hyper focus on the wrong way of going about it like we're dealing with instead of saying how do we grow from this we get caught up in the hurt of it if that Neither. makes sense. If you get what I'm saying, like the, the emotion of it, the this happened, so I'm angry instead of, OK, this happened. I'm angry. How do we make it better is what a lot of I feel like is happening right now. But that's I, not just it's because I of think other, it's, other shit making people angry and they're using it. Using I think it's whatever. mostly like, you know, yeah. getting to like I don't want to talk too much about like what's been going on. in the recent No, of course like, not. I don't either. But like but yeah. typically the media focuses on the hurt and how we express that hurt and not how to get better as there's. I know 100% that there's activists talking like, here's how we actually do better from here on out. And no one listens to them because yeah. that's not what gets yeah. views. But then there's also people who are getting the mainstream news that are saying that our heroes that we were raised to think were the greats were bad or wrong. What? 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 Well, you know, I'm talking like civil rights leaders and like people that were messages of peace and different shit like that. And that's extremists, that's but they're getting megaphoned by the mainstream. That's, that's typically scary, extremists, but, but like... I, yeah. I think it's something where, like, most companies are like, let's have some perspective. Yeah. We can talk about, like, you know, some, like, especially the Founding Fathers owned slaves. That was extremely dep- terrible. Yeah, of course. But it also depends. But then they also lump in people, like, if we're talking the Founders, Sam Adams, who was an open, vehement, and very, very, very active anti-slavery activist who had many freemen living and working for him. Living with and working for him. Paid. Freeman. Sam Adams was not a hypocrite in any capacity, and people are lumping him in as one. People lump in greats like him, like like like, all, like people that were unfortunate victims of a very shitty system. Like I mean, just not to get too deep into it, like talking Thomas Jefferson, who had, yeah had a lot of problems and wasn't a great man. He was very much, but not. he was very much in love with his slave, and he was a very tortured man that knew that a lot of his slaves, if he'd let them go, you're a slave, a slave catcher would go. You're not free. They would be taken to somebody else and then killed. I mean, I can't. That's not an excuse. I'm I not can't saying talk that's right. about Jefferson yeah. because, like, I 
it's not like I've read up on him other than you know, and that's just, knowing that yeah. he's very much famous for sleeping with his slaves and owning slaves. Slave. He was in love with her. One. Very specifically. It's sad. It's actually a very sad story. It's not it's not a simple story. And I'm not saying he that other shit didn't happen. But it's sad. It's a very sad situation that it's not it's it's a it's an affront, it's a violation to everybody's humanity, to everything and any sense of dignity and semblance of humanity. My ancestors went through this too, and it sucks. It's wrong, it's evil, it's sick, it's inhuman. People are complicated. Mostly like you were watching, you, you were talking to me about we were while you were watching Jabba's reincarnation. Yeah. Paul. Yeah, he's a shitty person, but also kind of like a dad some most of the time. Most most of the time. I would actually argue he's a decent dad almost all the time. Well, not when Rudy came home, like after, like he, when he bitched We don't want to talk too much about this one because it's too good. Yeah, but at the same time, that's people are complicated. And that's it's what, too new. The way, I, the way I approach matters, and I'm sorry if, if it oh, sounds no, like. I'm not, not trying to say yeah, it. Yeah, no, and to the audience, one thing I want to say is, like, if I sound like I'm heartless, it's because I went through a lot of things myself and a lot of bullying, a lot of different things myself. So if it sound if I sound heartless, it's because I get it. It's. It, Life sucks. People get kicked. Life is hard, but I can't ma- I can't fathom the traumas that some people have gone through. I can't fathom that. But at the same time, I want to understand. And it doesn't mean people I love haven't. It doesn't mean people I like people I love don't understand that. People I love haven't gone through these situations. And I feel like I feel like a lot of things people I feel like love to dismiss people because of surface appearances when you don't actually know what their background is, like what they've gone through, who they know that's gone through. What they like, what they are they associated with? Like, hell, when I was in high school, we had a guy come in that was a child soldier, an actual African child soldier. This dude murdered his best friend with his bare fucking hands and a machete. No one gave a fuck. Coney 2012, these same people, no one gave a fuck about this child soldier pouring his heart out and telling his story. Coney, Joseph Coney, gotta stop him, gotta. What the hell is wrong with you people? This man literally had a scar on his face from the fucking leader of his army trying to murder him. And you didn't care. And this comes up and you suddenly do. I don't know, man. I just, I, I hate my, my biggest gripe in, with people as a whole. And I didn't even mean to get this in depth philosophically. And I apologize if this is a real rant, but I hate hypocrisy. I hate people pretending that they care when they don't. When some, but you can't say that either because that's not, you don't know if someone cares or not. That's not fair. You don't know that. Maybe they just don't know how to show that they care. Or don't know how to go about it. Like I, yeah. I mean, to go to philosophy philosophy to comedy like there's actually a doug stanhope bit where he talks about it's like it's like i want to make a change in the world but i don't know where to fucking start he's right that's the thing you don't know where to start it's overwhelming it's daunting like actually hell Tolkien. it's a it's a difficult it's a dangerous thing frodo going out your door but if you don't mind your feet you, then you might just find yourself an adventure i think is the quote that i might probably just box the shit out of but you know what i mean like you know the point that he was trying to make with that you don't know like People have experiences that you have to hear. You have to hear the story that they have to tell. And everybody's got a way of telling their story. But at the same time, I feel like people also like to take those stories that we try to tell and use them for their own selfish ends. We find devils. We find saints among devils. Is the reason the reason why I love Hasbin Hotel and, and fucking um, God damn it, Hello Boss is that exact point that she's making. You find good people among among sinners, demons actual murderers are good are better people than some of these angels that are here but at the same time you have to question well were they always were they corrupted who corrupted them was were they just given a bad deal what was that's what i love yeah people are complex and like i try 
when we were talking about like historical figures thing things change and like even like you know you have sam adams and like he probably said some racist shit and that's what they're pointing at is like at one time he dropped an n-bomb in one of his letters or something and like it's like that's the thing. He was he was also a boisterous motherfucker who didn't know when to keep his fucking mouth shut. And like at the time, he was. Why do I like him? At the time, like, <laughs> he was super progressive. But now you look at like someone who was super progressive in the in 1790 that yeah. you know is antiquated now. Yeah, it's all Abe about. Lincoln was racist by modern standards. And like you just yeah. kind of have to like use perspective and like you know it's can't judge history with a modern eye entirely. You have to judge it with modern sensibilities and uh, what do you take from it, but you have to judge the people in it from their sensibilities and what they thought was right. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like I talked about my TV arts class, like one of the shows that we went over was a very well-known blackface comedy, Amos and Andy. Ooh, that's an actually very interesting watch. Have you, are you familiar with that, Denise, Amos and Andy? And like, I, it's unfunny and like the biggest part of it being unfunny is just like the punchline is black people are dumb. It was so. Amos and Andy was a TV minstrel act. TV these, radio movies. Yeah, like these two dudes, these two white dudes in blackface playing like overly ridiculously racist characters. Like it was, yeah, that was it was it's horrendous, but it's fascinating to watch. It's fascinating more in like looking at it in a historical sense because like I've listened to some of the radio bits, I've seen some of the TV bits. It's kind of painfully unfunny. Oh, it is. It's horribly unfunny. And like it's Jim Crow and it's finest. Like it's disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's Jim Crow and it's utterly disgusting. It's really gross, but you have to like also think like my grandpa's like a very dark Mexican man. He was like, Oh, I fucking love that shit growing up. Because at the time that was the humor. Yeah. And like, you know, honestly my my Hispanic grandfather is a little bit racist, but you know, what do you expect from someone, you know? Who was, like, around in, like, the 50s and 60s, you know? That's the thing, man. People, I don't know. Like, I, I love, like, when we're talking movies, like, for example, um, Christ, what was the movie I was thinking of? Indie movie, American Gun. Are you familiar with it? No. It's looking at the gun crisis and, like, talking a very realistic look at how guns in America have shaped things. Like, one, it's a movie that looks at three different characters. A black inner city kid that has a gun that he doesn't keep loaded because he lives in an area where bangers are literally everywhere and he doesn't have a fucking gun. To at least scare someone off, he's a dead man. Fair enough. Another character is the daughter of a gun shop owner. And, like, I can't remember the movie. It's been a fucking long time since I've watched this movie, but it was pretty damn good. And I remember, like, it impacted, like, it looked at a few different characters who had different perspectives on it. I think the other one was a cop or something like that. I can't remember this. Like, I can't remember. I apologize. It's been literally since I was in high school since I saw this movie. But it was interesting because the one I remember the best was the story of the inner city kid. Because, like, he ended up getting in trouble because he was hiding the gun on school, like, near school grounds. Because this teacher, of course, doing his job, thought he had a gun because he just sees gun banger. You know what I mean? Like, but the kid literally needed it to be safe. Of course, the gun was confiscated, but he didn't get in trouble because the teacher was actually a good guy. Later that night, dude comes up to his to the store that he's working graveyard shift on with a gun, and it's fucking he has to hide underneath the fucking window all night, where the student's screaming out there waving the gun around. And that's the thing. Like, it's interesting that these stories, like stories, can be told by anybody. Stories have like it's interesting how this movie managed to have that perspective with all of these characters and like. I wish I could remember the other ones. The other ones were actually really interesting, but that's the one that really stuck with me the most. Because it was very different. It was a very different perspective when I was a kid. Like, that was something that I never actually looked at very, very much myself. I had very stereotypical perspectives 
of that kind of world. You know what I mean? It wasn't something that I actually had a real taste of until I got into high school and actually started meeting with people that were actually doing deals and like moving actual weight. And like, it, this was fucking 20 years ago at this point. So this doesn't, this is literally well beyond statute of limitations for anything. And I know nothing of any details specifically for the absolute record, <laughs> nor do I know any names or of any parties involved. I'm pretty sure like statute of limitations is up. You've been out of high school for a hot minute. Yeah. This is like a lot of this shit is fucking. But these people, but it's, it's interesting getting that perspective. Like one thing I want to do for my book and actually something I want to actually do is I want to talk to an actual, like one of this guy, (laughs) Ma Pittman. Are you familiar with, uh, I've talked to you about (laughs) Johnny Aletta was what his street name was. This man has killed countless people. He doesn't actually know how many. He just knows he's done a lot of bad shit and he wants people to not be him. Maybe he's selfish about it. Maybe he's doing it because he genuinely realized, holy shit, I was an abused kid that got used and turned into a monster. (laughs) And the monster I became, I didn't like him. I don't know. But one thing I like to look at and one thing I like to discuss in work and something that I like to discuss in movies is what makes a monster. When does somebody when does somebody cross a line of no return? What is that? And I always like that theme. I thought that was something that was always very interesting. And I don't know, like Black Panther kind of tried to touch on that. I felt like a little bit when it came to kill, um, fucking Killmonger a yeah. little bit, but it felt very poorly executed with him. So like, I think once again that goes into like that mass. Yeah. When I talk about with mass media, they don't end up saying anything. Like True. they they try to look like they want yeah. to, but never do. Yeah. And that's kind of like what this movie did, where it kind of it's seems like it wanted to say something but never did it's it's a shame that there's like but then you also have stories in, in history that like you talk about like one like the hyper focus right now is on is on in america is on like on like non-white races when you go into other other countries and look at different histories and see different shit that happened armenian genocide is a great example that's still being fought to be acknowledged which is unbelievable to say the least but then you also have the Glencoe Massacre in Scotland, which is not to get into, I'm not going to get into the history of that, look into that if you want to. It's a very interesting story that has a very, very interesting ending. But a lot of, but bad shit happens everywhere, man. People do terrible shit. People are evil. People are sick, but we're also, you know what also happened at the same exact time as all of these atrocities? Some of the greatest advances in human history. Beautiful moments where people were born. At the exact same time Pearl Harbor was being bombed, it was my great-grandmother's birthday. And it was somebody else being born. You have terrible shit happening around the world that people think that you can't understand unless you're this person or this nationality or whatever the hell. And that's probably how people have just thought all throughout history. That's probably, yeah. it's probably the most human thing and the most tribal thing we can possibly do. It's a remnant, I think, of what we used to be when we depended on tribes, when we depended on our groups. And we still do depend on groups. We're a very group-oriented species. Mm-hmm. That's Kind of cool. But I also like now that our groups can be so different. Like I talk to friends around the world. I have friends that live in Scotland that I are thousands of miles away from me. And that's fucking cool. I have friends that I used to have. I used to have a pen pal and, and before shit hit the fan there in Greece that I lost touch with and everything exploded and I'm 90% sure he got arrested. But, but I don't know. I feel like we lose, we lose the story and the intention. We lose... We lose the lesson and the intent to to help, we do harm. And the intent to fix, we tend to break more, if that makes sense. Like, we do zero tolerance for bullying, but that just leads to more, that just leads to more, harder, because if we're both going to get in trouble, 
well, then what the fuck's the point of holding back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well-meaning, I, you know what I mean? Like well-meaning, well-intended ideas that just don't go the way. Because people are just trying to find a way around it. Exactly. Or it makes things worse because it's like, well, there's no reason to find a way around it now. <laughs> In that case. And that's why I feel like it makes things worse. Like, you get, you get fucking, well, to talk about, since we were talking about Amos and Andy, Jim Crow, that shit doesn't... That shit only happened because we stopped giving a shit about making it better. Lincoln died. And the person who came in because Lincoln believed in having a balanced and diverse view was an avowed racist and a Southern sympathizer. And that's fucking sad. Yeah. Because Lincoln was a good man who trusted too much. But the people he brought, because the people he had to follow up his legacy, completely and utterly fucked him. <laughs> I fucking hate irony. Alexander the Great. Being this dude who was just so kind to his people. Like, I, I got to show you a speech sometime, but he had his speech. He gave the speech to his men, the, the, the mutiny speech. I can't remember what it's called. Like, but he, his men were all like just leaving, walking away from him because he had a lot of defeats and shit was going bad. He reminded them all of everything that he'd done for them, literally freeing them from chains, giving them, pe- giving them golden crowns as medals. One of the first people to actually give his troops rewards. Like actual recognition of a common peasant troop. That's unthinkable for a king. But all we remember him for is that he was that violent dude who made a big empire and died young. But holy shit, by the time he was 32, he'd met one of the greatest minds in human history, supposedly. Allegedly. Diogenes the Cynic. My favorite fucking story. So for people who don't know the story, Diogenes the Cynic was a man who was a very interesting fellow. He literally lived in the street, surrounded by dogs, basically naked if his rags fell apart at that point, if he bothered to color, cover himself. He was laying in the street, sunning literally his nads in the sun for the world to see. Alexander walks up and says, Theogenes, I am Alexander. I've heard great tell of your wisdom and I, I've come to, like, something along this flowery bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, is there anything I, it all culminates in, is there anything I, Alexander, can do for you? Theogenes opens, literally opens one eye Scratches the dog next to him for a minute so he doesn't leave because he's looking at Alexander, supposedly, and says, you can take three steps to the left. You're in my son. Alexander is frozen there, stunned and and unable to respond. He obliges, laughs, and says, if I were not Alexander, I would very much like to be Diogenes. Diogenes then responded, funny, if I weren't Diogenes, I would also like to be Diogenes. To which Alexander laughed and walked away. Humbled and happy from the experience. That is like one of my favorite stories. That's Alexander. I I 100% believe it because it fits way too much in everything he did. Every single decision he made as a king. For me, it makes me love Diogenes. I love them both. (laughs) Diogenes was a prick who who said that when fucking, when Aristotle said that, supposedly Socrates Aristotle said that a, a man is a featherless bipod. He plucked a chicken and brought him in to the, to the assembly for all to see. He dropped the chicken on the floor, smacked it so we would run around and go, look, I found a man. <laughs> I just love the story about like him carrying the bowl around so he like saw a kid drinking with his hands. He's like, I don't need this bowl. The gods gave me two bowls. Yeah, he's like, he's looking at this like this, smashes it. <laughs> he's a badass. Yeah, just, like, that's the thing. Like History is such a fun thing. And that's what I love with art. It brings out the best in us. Art is a painting of the best and worst in us. It's the pinnacle of our creation or the pinnacle pinnacle of our stupidity. It is the most human thing that we can possibly be. Most pieces of art are shit because most people are fucking stupid. 
But at the same time, that doesn't mean it's worthless. Just because something is bad doesn't mean you can't get something from it. Just because something isn't up to your standard doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. it doesn't be, just because somebody doesn't say, saying something you disagree with, it doesn't mean you can't learn from it. Even if that something is the most unbelievably brain dead thing you have ever heard in your life. <laughs> cough, cough, Quentin, cough. Um, <laughs> What was that? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> well, since we brought up philosophy, do you, is it okay if I talk about uh, Nier Automata for a little bit? Because no I think we should move on to games because yeah. we are very far into this podcast. Yeah, we didn't mean to go down that rabbit hole. And if you're still listening to this, holy shit, what is wrong with you? I'm a lunatic. Anyway. So Nier Automata. I've been replaying that because the Nier Replicant remake is, as of recording this, about a week away. Hmm. So I am excited which, okay, Atama takes place like 7,000 years after the near replicant story, and it felt like it's simultaneously dumb and extremely smart at the same time. Like, it talks about being in philosophy and existentialism in such an extremely smart way, but also, like, it slaps you in the face. Like, the, the main character is called 2B. As in to be or not to be, because all, all the Yorha units like have a number and a, a letter designated to like their their number as like their may the letter is like their like orientation as a robot. So B stands for a battle unit. Oh my fucking god! Did you rarely just barely re- realize that like three no, years after the game came I've out? I've never played the game. I've only seen clips of it. I didn't know the names and shit. Like oh my god, that hurts me. That hurts my soul. But like, it's like fucking Kojima levels of on the nose. It is, but the rest of the game is not like that. It kind of slaps you that hard to like get you to pay attention in the beginning. And it's like, along with some of the boss names being like related to uh, other philosophers, like there's the Angles unit of Machine. There's Pascal. You know, they kind of refer to a lot of philosophers throughout. And, like, it's one of the few games where I'm like, I feel like you earned it. Talking about things of, like, not even does this count as being human or what does it mean to be human. It's, like, talking about human failure in such a way and, like, brings up a, like, the whole story's themes can be brought up in the Frederick Nietzsche quote of God is dead. And taking, in this game, takes it to the logical extreme. Is that me spoiling it? It's amazing. Like, it's the, like it's about this, he plays a Yorha android that was made by humans to protect the humans from alien-made machine life forms that are now inhabiting the Earth as the last of humanity has fled to the moon. Yeah. So you, as 2B, and your sidekick 9S, a scanner unit, embark on an adventure in this city that's been long since abandoned because mm-hmm. humanity has, over like seven, 8,000 years ago, has not been inhabiting earth so but then you kind of see like these machine life forms that you kind of like starship troopers where they're built up as like these ferocious slaughtering machines and even like the intro sequence like where you the rest of the your high units are being shut down kind of reinforces that but like once you're actually like feet on earth like most of the machines don't bother you <laughs> they're walking around and like later you find like um like you like they're they don't talk it seems <laughs> but once you get to the desert like they you start to hear speech and like 9S is kind of like, well, they've never exhibited speech before. They must be just imitating as like they're crying, like, please leave. Please. We don't want to die. Please help. As like some of them are running away. 
and then you see them like imitating sex acts in like the ruined city trying to like make children but since they're machines they don't make children in the same way but they're trying to imitate human life that's interesting oh it's so that's good that's fascinating and that's like horrible. that's interesting and i shit like I'll, I'm more than willing to like bring that over so you can play that because like I don't want to spoil it too much. Yeah. Like I pretty much might just talk about some of the beginning parts of Route A. Yeah. And just spoil something because like I some people kind of needed this spoiler to kind of push through because like once you finish Route A, Square Enix does give you a little thing like, hey, you just finished Route A, hit continue. You'll be you're gonna miss a lot of the game if you don't. And which is some reviewers ended up just like this was very short for a JRPG, six out of ten. Type of thing, and it's like, well, yeah, you missed like half the game, about half the game. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and like Route B is like nine S's perspective, and then there's a Route C, which happens after both. Huh. And I'm not going to spoil anything that happens in Route C or any of the like the cool, interesting things in Route B, other than like you actually get some more background on bosses. And, like, some of the history of, like, certain places like the Forest Kingdom where you see, like, their king and everything. And, like, because when you meet meet the king in Route A, it's just a, a baby machine. Hmm. And you're like, that's weird that they're worshipping it. And, like, you find out, like, oh, no, their first king died and they just uploaded its memories to a baby machine. think okay. Thinking the baby would grow up. And then, like, 200 years later, they're like, oh. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't, you're like, it doesn't work like that. But, like, we've been happy ever since, so why change anything? You know, we can just, like, live the way we've been living and be happy cool. until 2B and 9S come running through the forest. <laughs> but, like, like, this game hits you in the emotions in so many ways, and, like, a lot of the themes can kind of easily be missed if you don't touch a lot of the side quests, too. That's cool, and, like, it's one of, one of my favorite games of all time and probably one of the best games that came out, like, in this game's generation. And like that, I'm excited to see what um, near replicant's gonna be because like I've got weird theories about like because Yoko Taro is a crazy person, so there's like a solid like 10% chance that like near replicant isn't actually a remake. It's some fucking new weird take on the story, even though it just looks like it's a graphical upgrade and an upgrade to combat. Which honestly, I prefer the story of the original near a little bit more, but it's like a 10 out of 10 story versus a 9.5 in my opinion. So I. I highly recommend it. I could bring probably both of like the original Nier for PlayStation 3 over and... Oh, well, sounds good. That sounds yeah. totally fun. Yeah. That sounds like fun. I would like to see those games because like, ah, oh, damn, my PS3 doesn't even work. <laughs> oh, shit, I don't even know if that thing fucking works. That thing is like, that thing was not, was not running the way it should have been. Oh. Like, it was slow as hell. Ooh. Like, dude, I went through two of those systems. That thing was a piece of shit. Mine has been chugging along like a champ. Two of them. Just driving the first one broke. I'm sorry. My, that's what happened with like my my first PlayStation 4. It just crapped out on me. Yeah, yeah. Mine the disc drive broke. And also, um, near like since you brought up Kojima, like the one thing I did love about near because like if you look at 2B, like she's you know very attractive and you know someone asked Taro like why'd you make her look like a weird fetish maid? He's like because I like pretty girls as compared Fair to like enough. yeah exactly and I like. Then you see Kojima, like, around the same time with Metal Gear Solid 5, it's like, you will rue the day for making fun of me for why I made Quiet in a combat bikini, and it's, like, the dumbest reason ever. To be fair, that wasn't supposed to be the whole reason. There was supposed to be I, It's kind of hard to say that when, like, all we really have is the text and speculation of what happened to the rest of the story, because, like, Kojima's never really... He's not because he can't. Because yeah. he's probably got DNR, like, fucking... Uh, NDA. Yeah. NDA, goddammit. Words. 
So the NBAs. But like for me, it's just like that's kind of the difference between the two. Like one one has is willing to be like, yeah, I put a little bit of like cheese in there because like who doesn't like that a little bit of cheese? Yeah. As like the other one put the cheese in there, he's like, I put the cheese well, in there for big brain ideas. You just want to admire. And for me, it's, and it doesn't have to be explained. I think if someone asks, like you can explain, but like even if that explanation is because I wanted it, like that's yeah. more than good enough. Like that's yeah. why I respect Taro. Like someone being like, especially if it's honest. Yeah, because the, it's really annoying if you're if that's the if the reason is you just wanted it, but you're coming up with something big like, to cover. It like up. if it was like, why did you make Tubi look like a fetish maid? And he came up with a bullshit idea, like, reason, and, like... Like, you, because fetish maids are actually going to save the world. And it's like, well, <laughs> you'll, you'll understand when you play the game, and it's, like, a bullshit reason. Like, it's... You're probably going to be like, you're, because, you're uh, an asshat. And, like, that's how I kind of felt with Kojima, like, with that p- specific thing. Because it's the only person that you can procreate with. <laughs> but they, <laughs> what the fuck? Even you can't even, they're robots. You missed the whole conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you, 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 you. We had a whole thing. It was a, it was a beautiful thing, really. Yeah, we, we was romantic. Was. I like, I like connected with Mike and like told him about my favorite game of all time. And yeah, we, like, we loved each other's. And, we loved each and other's he was like, eye. oh I shit, I how did I not like understand how important? This I, I held his hand and looked him in the eye. It was romantic. Like, I saw that moment in his eyes where he's like, I think I missed out on something great. And like, I'm not, and like. The great thing about most near fans is like they won't spoil shit for you. True. I'm they, excited about that. Because they're like, you won't like if I spoil it, there's no point. Here you go. <laughs> that was definitely a game I need to play. I'm looking into that one. Let's I've been wanting to play it for a while. It's not a matter of not interested in it. I just never had the opportunity. I get it. That's why with Replicant with it being a like complete combat overhaul too, like I that seems like a good place to start because like with that coming out next week, that is a perfect place to start because like one of my favorite side quests in automata was um emil's memories and emil is just kind of a side character in automata as like he's part of the main cast in the original so you kind of get get to meet him and understand his struggles and then when you meet him seven thousand years later it you kind of like oh shit you went through some stuff in those times yeah we got we'll, yeah we can move on to that soon yeah. so i just want to remind they exist Yes. Yeah, we were talking gaming a little bit, but yeah, we haven't really yet, because we kind of went off on a tangent there, but at the same time, I feel like... Well, it's just that earlier, it felt like those would have been good times to mention one of them. Actually, a great example would have been Greedfall. We should have actually talked about that with that conversation, because that was a very good example of a storyline that has something that actually... We don't know how to segue yet, sorry. We we don't. So do you want to talk about one of the games on your list? Yeah, I actually would love to talk about Greedfall, because that was a game I got very passionate about when I bum-rushed it with the niece entirely, and it was a very, very good game. It was a lot of fun. That was a game that knows how to take its lower-tier lower, lower tier graphics and use lighting to make it make you forget that fact. The lighting it was this a game, gorgeous game. Dude, I was just taking screenshots, screenshots, oh screenshots, screenshots. Yes. Oh, we had too my many fucking God, point. I was like a fucking tourist going had, through this game. Its art department knew how to leverage its graphics. The lighting was unbelievable. The shadowing was unbelievable. The, the fucking J- the Jacob's Ladder beams that they would have coming into the room so looked perfect. They The biggest complaint I had about the game was invisible fucking Whoa. fucking walls. Ah, the invisible walls, the rays they induce. <laughs> you remember how bad they were, though? They were pretty bad. They were so bad. I've never played a game with invisible walls this bad. Like, what the fuck? 
What is this? What are you doing? At least, like, put something there to, like, make it seem more, like, big forests, higher rocks, an actual fence, something to be, like... There was supposed to be something there, but they didn't have it lined up with the objects 90% of the time. Yeah, like, this game, like, I didn't finish it, but, like, there was a nice layer of their, one of their most prolific employees, Jank. <laughs> oh, yeah. The thing I will say about this game, though, it is one of the best games I have played in a very, very long time. I give this game a solid 8 out of 10 for a very good list of reasons, but this game, ultimately, the biggest reason why this game is good to me. I have never played a game where I have been as invested in a character that has a lot of holes in their, in their story. You know what I mean, Denise? Like, the, the, you know what I mean? Her, like, our objective, objectively, our main character's story made no goddamn fucking sense. The entire thing makes no sense. Not really, no. But the magic in the fucking spirit lore and all the cool shit they do with the natives is so goddamn it's good. Just, that oh, yeah. just, I just don't care. The world's lore was the most interesting part of that game. I want to see more. Of just the, the characters felt flat. They're making a sequel, apparently, too. Oh, cool. Like They're going to make a sequel. I hope, like if, I hope they are. I hope they are. I like, could be wrong in that, but I hope they are. Cause I, like, want I think it was actually they were just making another game. But I hope they make another one in this world, because this Maybe world has so much more to If it's another one in this world, that would be interesting, because like I like the political yeah. struggles in mm-hmm. this game. I like the lore and the I like that the you can actually itself. dress up in different factions and, like, disguise yourself and go into different fashions and different people. It would be nice if in the next game the tribes people could be just a little bit less hostile. Yeah. Because I found that was the most frustrating part was when we were doing everything to be as nice to them as possible and they would still be really, really, really mean and it was like, why do you break my heart? There's a part of me that's like, I get it because you've been going to war with these people. These foreigners no, 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 on your no, no. island? Yeah, yeah. No, at first, at first, at first. Well, I've saved your village five times, but okay, come on. Really? You yeah. know? Well, I it's not when they, when they're. Not, I'm not making a joke, but yeah. yeah. It's more when we have literally been doing a lot of stuff on their side already with them, and especially with those people specifically. And their allies, and, and like. We, we, and they still are extremely <laughs> hostile, and it's like, why? It's well, they like, say they like us, but their dialogue is very hostile. Yeah. Is yeah. it because like more of they didn't record enough? Lines? Yeah, yeah. Okay. They, 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 I feel like the game. Problem. I feel like one of the things with the game is it was a mid tier studio. Spiders. Um, they, everything. I think they ran out of time. Yeah, they probably think. wanted to make some more of uh, peaceful, I feel like they happy, it. where allies dialogue. I will say, but, and just didn't do it. But if you could next time, that would be great. I, so I will say this: don't come off. As complete another. The, the combat, while repetitive, is so satisfying. Yes. Oh my god, it's so good. Like Very the magic system in this oh, game. Yes. Oh, it yes. is so good. Like you're in there, you go in there, you start out with your basic fucking magic missile. You know what I mean? Your basic. Oh, this is a blast of pure magic. It does damage. Oh, I never use magic. So yeah, that's why I'm, I'm partially explaining this for you because I know you didn't, which is why I was like, you need to play it again with the magic. I use you got. I use gun and big sword. Gun is really good. No, stealth is good. Stealth is very good too. Actually, all of them are very good from what I saw. All of them are good, but you gotta use some magic. But the, wait, hold on a minute. So we went pure magic build, right? Yeah. With a little stealth mixed in later on because it was just why would we not? It's too good. But we get like you can't stop him from being a thief. Well, it was also because a lot of our magic skills synergize with the, with the with the sneaky skills. Because you always want to be a thief. Well, to be fair, I also did. I do. But you I also, always want to be sneaky. There was no reward. There was no punishment for stealing. 
So, yeah. Honestly, yeah. it's always good to have stealth so you have a more peaceful way of doing things sometimes. I mean, you get a bunch of broken armor and shit, and there's no punishment, and I can literally walk up behind this high-level enemy that otherwise would kill me and stabby-stab. Oh, yeah. Oh, look, he's dead. Me. You can actually, like, the stealth system in this game is, while limited, was rather satisfying. But, a lot of the on. stealth was changing costumes. Yes, it but it was also, like, sneaking up on people and, like, actually, like, timing your movements and, like, randomized patrols. It was pretty good overall. But with, with the magic system, though, back to my original point, they knew how to make stuff, the skill tree bleed into other areas. It was very solid RPG building. Like, the whole thing would go, like, you start with your basic skills and you have an ability that's just... You stun somebody. You punch them and you stun them. It's a, it's a basic stun, right? Oh boy. Oh boy, is it not a basic stun when you level that fucker up. Oh, is it like super broken? Oh, it's so good. It, it's, you gotta put a lot of points into it. It's you gotta put so a lot of good. Bro, when you max out your magic, oh my god. It takes so forever you, to do it all, but it gets to the point where, okay, yeah. here's where the first amazing comes in. But it's not broken. Because you have to use it right or you run out of magic and die. Because you're a glass fucking uh, You gotta time it right. You get to fucking teleport with this stun across the battlefield. Oh my god, it's amazing. So you go, missile, 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 magic ball, magic ball, magic ball. Flash in, stun punch, stun punch, stun punch, flash out, uh, missile, missile. You start getting to the point where your dodges teleport you. Then you can use your stun attack to teleport into punches. So you're beating the shit out of dragons and shit with your bare fucking hands. And man, just beating up a fucking massive a deity of the earth with your punch. You're punching the shit out of gigantic monsters. It's the greatest fucking cheese ever. It's amazing. It gets to the point where it's like, it's it's hard. Like you gotta be quick on on tell on the potions, on the fucking dodges, you gotta watch your magic meter and let it recharge the right way. You gotta synergize your moves. You gotta know when to back out. Like it's it, the, the final boss fight. I want to re I want to redo it and with my character and record this. This uh, was an yeah. unbelievably good final fight. Oh my fight. god, the ending! It was so. Oh, it rips your heart out. The ending is so emotional and it's so good. We don't wanna, I don't want to spoil it, yeah. but like it's, it's this just this good. game. It's just good. It's an excellent game that focuses on the balance between between the spirit, the mind, and the and the world. The the spirit, the mind, the pocket, and the world is the four forces that they balance. Your faction that you start with is the Merchants Guild. Then there's the natives that are the Earth. You have the scientists that are the genocidal science at all costs. No humanity, lunatics. The scientists suck. And yes, the religious people. <laughs> and then the religious, then the then your standard religious zealots who are burning people at the stake. I like the, the some of them aren't so bad though. Like the religious guy, at least. Uh, oh, he's a badass. I love him. I'm mad, like I don't too well yet, but like he's like very much like the most chill religious dude that you meet in that game. His character is one of the most complicated and honestly my favorite in the game. And like Petrus, Petrus is his name. Petrus, yeah, and like. As, 
Like, I didn't get too far yet. And, like, it was I, interesting, though. Like, but he was the most interesting character, but, like, that's kind well, of not... What I like about Not to be mean to those characters, but, like, that's kind of not saying... Actually, much. you know what? If you play their side quests, and you up your persuasion, and you up your shit, and you, and you play with the right people at the right moments, you get a lot of backstory with these people. You actually Some get of quite them, yeah. a character. Like, the, 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 not, the seafaring dude is actually a very good character. We made... Um, and Kurt is actually really good. We made him our love interest, and we actually... Oh, yeah. We played a female character. Oh, yeah. For, I, for Denise is saying, I played a female oh, character. I always play a female. Yeah, I, I, I started. I had a male character that I was playing to try the game out, and Denise was like, "Could we start over? You mind if I design a character?" It's like, okay, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, let me play. I really wanted to do a romance with one of the guys because they looked handsome, and there was like Which two one? girls. Why was it Kurt though? I would have gone with the Notch guy. Kurt actually has a very your good... First, uh, your and he actually buddy. has a very he was your, good backstory. He knew you as a kid. You knew him growing up. Like he was, so like, it made he, sense? It made sense. You had a lot of... scars and when you play, Yeah, yeah but so were all those tattoos. I agree. No, I, yeah. it was, it was, no dude, it was between him and... it was between the two of them? Kurt won. Kurt won. Kurt won. It was, Kurt won. It, was, it, was, it was a coin toss between the two of them. It was really, yeah. It was fuzzy yeah. Does this game lock you out of romance options, like same-sex romance options? I uh, know. Okay. Um, certain characters, but it we depends on the character. It depends on the character. Okay. We didn't really try. Kurt okay. is straight. Kurt is straight. Completely okay. straight. He's there with no interest. Um, we didn't other really char- try with the girls. I think... One character, I think there is a gay sh- gay character. I can't remember off the top of my head for the guys. I know that I can't remember though. I know that they had it made sense though. It wasn't like Dragon Age Two where it was like everybody is just bi for some reason. You know what is I mean? Is Petrus bi? Huh? Is Petrus no. bi? No. Oh god. No, no, that's not. No, in his case, no. That's actually very important for his character. So uh, I'm not going to yeah, spoil that. I'm not going to talk about that. That's spoiler. That does, I'm not going to talk about that. Is he a gay? No. No. It's, I'm not going to spoil it. He has, a very, no, he has a very good backstory. No, I'm not going to say anything else. His I need to get back to that game. His ba- I, I, the only thing I will say is his backstory is tied His backstory is tied to you very closely. Are you saying no more? So no I'm not saying no anything more, else so other than that. It has we no more. Else. Yes, we should. But, but my point with this game ultimately is like the magic system, it synergizes very well. Like, you have other skills that bleed into other areas. Like, you use a mace when you're a magic build, so you bleed into a little bit with your heavy weapons and other shit like that. You can use... Yeah, you can use two-handed if you want to. You can go two-handed build if you want to, and then swap out to your ring and just fucking hurl hurl that shit. And then you get to the point where, like, your clothing items, for example, are fucking great. You get, like, a lot of bonuses. They they, they give you a lot of great options for clothing that are all look good, but also have excellent bonuses for you. That are really fucking useful. And they are also ones for the different factions, which is really cool, so you can really RP everything. Yeah, and you can actually, like, like we would always be specifically wearing, like, we had, we got the DLC. We usually wore we, what we were, we wore stuff related to where we were going. So we, if we, we were going I, to the church area, we wore yeah. church shit. I bought the game, I, the I fell in love with it immediately, so I bought stuff. When I bought the game, I thought I wanted to give more money to the studio because I knew I was even if I didn't like this game, I wanted the studio to make more games that were in this line of creative yeah, thinking. Yeah, just to support it. So I gave, I bought a little, I bought the bonus content. It wasn't much; it was just a couple more bucks, and it gave me an extra bonus outfit and a couple more, a couple more missions. Yeah, for sure. But the bonus outfit it gave me was fucking great. I used it throughout the entire game, pretty much, and it honestly looked really good and yeah. it was really useful. Like, there's a lot. Like, they actually know how to make your skills work in the game. Like, you have um, Vigor, for example, that lets you go across 
fucking balance beams and climb walls and other bullshit. Oh, shit yeah. Like there were certain clothing items that would give you certain traits. Like skill checks and other shit would be yeah. easier to pass. And it was awesome. It was a great game. Like, the game, it's a mid-tier studio that was made on basically a shoestring budget from the way that this game was. But, oh, my God, I've never played a game that made me fall in love with it this hard that was this janky. Like, I've yeah. never had a game that had me passionately praising it while going, motherfucking goddamn son of a fucking... <laughs> Like that's one of the good things like about their publisher focus on that they typically like have these even though they've reportedly not always treated those studios the best, but like they're typically like mid tier studios that like are yeah. ambitious. The studio well the good thing is they were completely independent and they just made the game so they can be it could run on PC and go on both consoles. So they had a free open deal with all of them, which is honestly how more studios need to be doing things because that was what led to the golden age of gaming when we were kids. Like, holy shit, do I miss all the indie studios and fucking, like, standalone, like, not even indie, like, syndicated, corporated studios. But stuff. Are, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, mid-tier studios. I miss that shit. Like, I, I love Spiders because, oh my god, and this actually is a great way for us to segue into another game on my list that I wanted to talk about. But before I get into that, I do want to talk more about this game a bit more because this is a game that... It's a game that knows how to portray complicated historical topics in a very nuanced way. It makes nobody really, truly the bad guy. Well, except for the genocidal fucking Inquisitors. Yeah, no, those guys are the fucking bad guys. Fuck those guys. But no, 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 the scientists. Both. The scientists were... No, yeah, the scientists were worse. They would, oh, they would like, claim that they were only doing it for the good, but Jesus Christ, what they did was too far. It's a shame that one of the side characters, the scientist character, I really fucking liked her at first. I, uh, I, I, I liked her once they developed her, but she had a lot of flaws in her character. Like, there were a couple characters that were rather, like, they didn't do enough with the native girl. But also, we kind of um, got to her last. And, yeah, I don't think they realized or thought about you actually getting the native girl immediately because we got her almost immediately. I think, I think I got her pretty early. She was too. honestly the one that she was. No, she's the first one you get, babe. She's well, then why don't they give her more lines? Like I would use, I use her literally as my main, one of my main companions. Yeah. She, she just didn't great, get many. Yeah. I use everybody pretty evenly actually, and I would balance them yeah. out, and I would use them for certain missions. Like certain people are bring certain missions could. for like for dialogue because if you actually yeah. if you time it right, like I was saying earlier, if you time if you pair them right, they you actually get really good dialogue say. options. Like, you get you, them interacting with each other. You get a lot of character. Like I miss when games did that. You know what I mean? Like when game, more games would do that. That's actually like if like in my back of that time where I'm probably gonna skip it for this week. To be honest, but like that's one of my biggest complaints with that game is like you have eight characters that don't interact with each other. What? The fucking point of that? Oh, like they just kind of like you go to different points to like have each one of their stories and like oh, those stories oh. kind of range from like Primroses is the best, Ulbricks is like second best, but like pretty cliche, and everyone else's is like yeah. meh to bad. That's a shame. Yeah. But the combat in that game is good. And that's all I have to say about yeah. Octopath. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Greenfall, definitely 8 out of 10 for this game. The, the invisible walls are the most atrocious I've ever fucking had in any fucking game that has ever fucking existed. No, seriously, re-release this game. Fix those invisible walls. But the discovery was satisfying. The map was very well designed. All the cities felt alive and real. Like, remember the fucking um, cities were confusing because they were designed defensively to be confusing. Like, and they felt alive and real. Like, you actually had to learn your and way some around. some of them were built in a way that made sense. 
And some of them, you could tell how hastily they had to build them and throw them together because that was the vibe they were trying to give them. This game is very real. It's Christopher Columbus, the fantasy RPG. If you guys want, yeah, you get to discover this place. It's yeah. really cool. Like, we actually, I haven't even gotten into the plot of what this game is actually about at all. But we shouldn't. And we shouldn't at all. This is a game you should go into. Just watch the trailer and then go enough. into it basically blind because this is a game that it's amazing. It's a game that I actually did not. I went into it thinking I would enjoy it. I didn't think I would walk away from it genuinely loving it. Like this game is impressive in more ways than I thought it would impress me. And that's what I love from game. I love games that knock my fucking socks off when I'm not expecting. I love games that I go into having a low bar and then I'm just walking away like, holy fuck, what was I thinking? You know what I mean? Like, I love that kind of shit. That's kind of what, I, what I'm hearing with like, your, like what you're talking about with that because all the reviewers were slamming it because they thought it was too short because they were too dumb to fucking continue. Well, with that near one, it's like they literally gave you a message to be like, play more. There's a lot more to the game. And some reviewers were like, I don't get why this JRPG was only 14 hours. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. And it's like, well, yeah, you missed about like two-thirds two of it, man. You kind of skipped out on a lot. But that's okay. No, I was thinking like yeah, another good example for that one would be like, oh, yeah, 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 it's talking about Sony. That's actually a good thing for us to talk about, honestly, if we want to go into gaming a bit more and talk about gaming design and stuff like that. So that's actually a really good segue. Because I think we can talk more games another time. You want oh yeah, to, let's can. talk. Let's talk the industry. Yeah, let's talk about Sony. Let I'll start off with um, their biggest news story recently being like the PS3 Vita store and the PSP store have all shut down. Which for me, as like someone who like is in, pretty interested in game preservation, and didn't they put all of their efforts on remakes instead of other? Um, that was going to be coming. Um, We're going to get to that. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. No, you're fine, okay. babe. You're fine, oh, babe. Okay. You're fine. Chime in whenever you want to. You're okay. Oh, yeah, that's... that's but if we're going to talk about it, we'll just tell you. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. It's going to all be shit that's bad, was bad. Badly ended. and it's like last of us again. I know that. But, oh, like, but they shut down their PlayStation 3 store, like, all their, like, old digital stores... So, and the surprising thing that I found out is there was actually a lot of higher-ups at Sony that were confused and mad about it, too. Yeah. Because it's fucking stupid. It's a bad idea. People want to play these games. It's a terrible idea. Like, something like Dragon Guard 3, like... Some of the best story bits was like in the DLC. See, that's why I was. So, like, that's kind of gone now. I wish we'd finished watching that video because he actually goes into the reasoning behind all that. Oh, and it's behind the, like. It's, it? it's the fucking power struggle, and it was a gigantic fuck you to actually, Japan. It wasn't. No, no, seriously. It you. had a lot to do with actually the. Uh, remember when Sony got hacked? Like in 2011? Mm-hmm. Like, it has to do with that and then, like, getting fears of. Like, with that weak infrastructure, and they're scared that they'll get hacked again. So, like, the PlayStation 4 store is safe because of the PlayStation 5 existing and them having, like, shared ecosystems. But, like, the PlayStation 3. Since the PlayStation 3 store and, like, all those others shared the same infrastructure that got hacked into was why they took it out back is their reasoning. But also, at the same time, it's like, you're not offering us those games anywhere else. When I I say fuck you to Japan, that's not what I mean. I don't mean, like, specifically to Japan. I mean the factions that want to invest in Japan as a market. Like, the people that were involved in making Sony what it was when we were kids and the game company that we associated with them. JRPGs, balls and moves, content that may be a little more risque or or, 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 or a little more lewd or like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
they weren't afraid to take risks. And to make Sony games. had that like early in this generation. Like you had Horizon Zero Dawn, which if you didn't like it as a game, but like no, I like that, the game. That was a, a, game. That was a weird move. Like having these guys that worked on nothing but first person shooters make this. It was a good game. Weird concept for a sci-fi game. And it was pretty good. I thought yeah. I liked it. I, I thought really it was liked fun. it. I mean, some like it's kind of it wasn't perfect, but it was fun. yeah, it was fun though. It was. I really liked it. I'm looking forward to the sequel. Honestly, the world was was satisfying to explore. It was well designed. It was pretty. It was really pretty. It was really pretty. It was a great looking game. They did a great job with and it. Like, but, 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 but when we talk Sony, there was an internal power struggle. A lot of the reason why the leaks happened were a result of that power struggle. People were trying to take shots at each other indirectly and then blame third parties on that. Like, There's a lot of... Sony... I don't know what the fuck happened. This whole move to, to California does not make sense. They're completely... Sh- you know what they did as a final fuck you to the Japanese market and to people who want to support the Japanese market? You know how in Japan they use the opposite buttons for cancel and select? They use yeah. circle... The ex- they switch it to the Western version. I heard that, yeah. I didn't hear so, that it was like a fuck you. I heard it was more of like trying to like... It's petty as hell. Make it's, it easier for game devs and it's, it's button petty. mapping. It's, that's a bullshit excuse. They can easily do that, but this is an optional thing that you now just switch. It's not, you know what I mean? It's it's, oh, it's okay. yeah. it, it, the way, but you can you can tell with like. I mean, when you hear in the West, like you kind of don't think about it because it's yeah. like, well, my button processes aren't going to be changing. And the way I'm phrasing it makes it sound very minor. There's a lot more complicated internal politics behind that decision that makes it a lot more significant than, he, than it seems on the surface. That's something that I, I have to dig. I have I would have to spend a lot more time on that. For I me, to, I almost but. see it as like every generation, it seems like um, positions switch. You know, like yeah, PlayStation 2 and Xbox, like PlayStation 2 kicked the shit out of Xbox. Then PS3 then PS, then PS happened and like Xbox won that generation. And then like, PS4 destroyed. And then PS4 destroyed, destroyed Xbox. Because Xbox was doing something stupid. They did something dumb. Seemed, like I think sales wise are about equal. They told you not to fu- well. They told them but, not to fucking buy your system. Stick with 360. We have a we have a console for that. It's called Xbox 360. Yeah. You're the head of fucking American marketing. Are you out of your fucking mind? I think he was right. Like he was the director of the American marketing or yeah. something like that. Right. Like he was literally a marketing director. Right. Like that's something that significant. Or like the head of like the Xbox division. Like it was, I think he was like. And it was just like, okay, wow. And like this time around, it seems like Xbox is making a lot more. Because they realized they fucked up. Because they were smart. They realized, Microsoft realized that they fucked up. I'm not really into the Xbox like ecosystem, but I've like considered like, maybe like once I financially can, I'll pick up an Xbox Series S at least. I will. Not the X, but like at least the S so I can like play some of those games. I I will say this. Fucking Game Pass is amazing. That's exactly the reason, too. Like. Dude, it's worth every fucking penny. You get so much playtime out of this game, out of this, out of this pass. The best part is they platformed a lot of very good niche indie games. On well, I keep platform. hearing that, like every time, like to talk about a better podcast, like Jim Sterling's podcast. Like half the time, like one of the one of the people on there is like, "Yeah, I found this like indie game on Game Pass." And, like, that was, like, their game to talk about for the week. That's fucking great, man. Like, there's so many good games like that. Like, dude, the indie market, like I was saying to you earlier, I get why you're kind of hesitant on it, why you think it's all hype, and a lot of it is hype, I'll agree, but... I think you are specifically. (laughs) Not... Yeah, but 
I think there's good reason to because there's a lot of good market evidence to show that it and might like, that at least a healthy market is budding. Oh no, right. there is an extremely healthy market, and I think you're preaching to the very wrong choir because yeah. guess what? I am part of that market. I know. Where I'm like, you're, you're preaching to the wrong person. You you should be talking to someone that plays nothing but like the yearly Ubisoft games. Like, you I know what? Know. I was like consistent like this morning was considering like looking at the Switch and being like Oh, that new game on, like, that new indie game on Switch, The Longing, sounds interesting. Certain bearded fellow I can think of that uh, would be that target uh, discussion point. <laughs> uh, we, both, we all know who that is. Uh, howdy, friend, if you're listening to this one. What's up, buddy? <laughs> but, like, you're kind of preaching to the wrong audience, but, and I also think you're kind of, like... I'm just passionate the, about the, it. You're passionate to the point where it sounds like you're talking about a new messiah that's coming in to save <laughs> because this basically is what, what it is man gaming for me for a while there i was getting scared that i was gonna have to get it up because oh my god they're giving me nothing but remakes and they've already sly 4 i actually can't tell you how much a morale blow sly 4 was for me as a gamer like it's a random topic to bring in but sony if we're talking about sony fucking up sly cooper 4 oh my fucking god, fuck yourselves, Sony, for letting this abomination exist. This character assassinating, cannon destroying bullshit. They. Okay, you want to know how fucking bad this game was? The original Sly games, you know how they would always have, like, the, the, the nationalist humor, like, they would have, like, in Sly 3, the Belgians were fucking. The, the Belgians were freaking badgers. Or Team Holland were badgers. That's fucking hilarious. That, that's fucking hilarious. They were so badgers. That, that, that's funny as hell. Then they were making political jokes that were all fair game because they were going for literally everybody. But they would make jokes about nationalities and different, different groups. The American was a gigantic dog bulldog with a massive fucking upper body and tiny, tiny legs that had an obsession with guns and mob movies. I mean, Bulldog might not be the right choice because, like, English pit, well, basically, Pitbull. But okay. I mean, he was a Bulldog because he wanted to be a Pitbull. Like, it's a joke, yeah. But he's, uh, yeah, yeah. But that, but I mean, come on. If that isn't as American as American, American like muscle called car driving, Vegas taking over. He took over Vegas. He literally took over Vegas, or Mesa City rather. They're equivalent. Oh, actually, no. Mesa, Mesa City is an actual casino city. So yeah, no, yeah. He took over fucking. Uh, Actually, no, wait a minute. I'm thinking of something. I apologize. No, yeah, it's a, they, their version of Vegas, essentially. But he fucking... Like, they, they, they would make it fair game. Sly 4 makes his ninja badass ancestor alluded to in multiple games as the ultimate stealth expert who invented the ability to literally stand on needlepoint spires into the man who invented sushi. Nice. That's... <laughs> Fucking <laughs> racist. Hey, very much. Yeah. That is so racist. Like, I was just like, do I say I know, that's the thing. You want to do both. Like, you want to mock it. Like, but it's so racist. It's like the easiest It's so lazy. It's not funny. It's lazy. It's racist. It's offensive. It ruins this character. Oh, here's the worst one. The the dude who's based off who's based off of the King of Thieves from Arabian Nights, yeah, he's a crotchety old man who's bitter, angry, mean, and middle e stereotypical middle e Middle Eastern in every single fucking way. Like, like, wow, like wow, 
Wow. Wow. Yeah, this game was uncomfortably racist in a lot of ways. Like, it was wrong. Oh, and here's the worst part. Yeah, so the Immortal Hate Owl, I'm sorry, 20-year-old game at this point. I'm not even going to bother with the spoiler warnings. 20-year-old hate owl. Like, the fucking thousand, multi-thousand-year-old hate owl that's literally hunted his family across thousands upon, again, thousands of years, hunting his family out of utter hatred, keeping himself alive. To the point where he replaced his mortal body with robot parts just so he could mark this one family that pissed him off that much. That's straight JoJo level shit. Yeah, that's fucking terrifying in a kid's game. He is terrifying. He murdered. The first thing that you see in the first game is him murdering Sly's parents in front of him. Like, damn. That's a hardcore shit, dude. This game is hardcore. But yeah, that that level of badassery in the time travel game. Nowhere to be seen except for a silhouette in the background in a couple levels. It feels like a waste. Why was he not the main villain? Exactly. The other three games? No, uh, first game, second game, he's more... In the second game, he's a wraith in Sly's mind. They're trying to get the parts after they killed Clockwork to destroy them forever, to utterly end him, to make sure that he'll never come back. And they pay the price. They really pay the price. And the third game is Sly trying to recoup his legacy, to become, to understand who his father was, who his family is, who he is, like to understand what it actually means to be a Cooper. To be what he is. What did what was Clockwork trying to destroy? Why did he actually hate them so much? Without actually saying that's what they were doing. That was the brilliance of Sly Cooper. This kid's game. Three games of utter brilliant writing. Some of the most nuanced and, and creative characters. The, the Asian dude, the Asian warlord was a fucking giant panda that used fireworks to blow shit up. And he was an utter fucking badass. He was great. He was such a great villain who they end up turning into the third game into a very complex and reformed hero, reformed villain, somebody who they make into the most unexpected ally that you never see in a million years coming. And then they give you an ally from the second game that was your first enemy. And he's fucking hilarious. And he's a great addition to the game with some of the most creative levels I've ever played. It turns it into an old school first person. You're going through an underwater level. You know what I mean? Like you're in the diving thing. You're fucking, you know what I mean? James Bond asshole old school shit. Mm-hmm. It's, that was what Sly Cooper used to be. And then this fourth game utterly assassinates all of these creative characters, makes Sly's love interest, Carmelita, angry at him. Even, yeah, he lied. She deserves to be angry about him lying about various things, like about him, like not having his memory. That's fair enough. You're mad at him for going back in time to make sure he doesn't, you know, die? As in literally vanish from existence, never having lived ever? You're mad at him for that? And that's not even me just assuming that that's part of it. The game straight up says that's why she's angry. Not because he lied, but because he went back in time. Like, what? The way they handle it is so poor. Like, they say it's done by a sucker punch as well? Or... That's the worst part. Because like that was kind of... Like, it hurt how much it wasn't there. Work. It hurt. Like, the gameplay was good. 
The gameplay was very fun, I would add. It was very short. The game was too short. It was my other complaint. But it was fun. Like They, they made very good levels. The gameplay was fun. It was sly. It, it was sly. Okay. I'll give them that. It was at least good platforming. It was fun. The maps were okay to explore. The bottle. The bottles were the fucking worst I've ever had in the entire series. Oh, my God. They were so bad. They were horribly placed. But then they had... Because in the game, there's a tradition of they have these little clue bottles throughout the game where you, you pick them up, you open a safe, and you get a, you get a power-up or a pickup or some gadget or whatever. And, like, they were just they were just very poorly placed on the map. They were really hard, like, unnecessarily hard to find in the spots that were just annoying to find. Because they give you a little audio clue with the bottle clinking as it bounces around. But then they put it in places where that was literally impossible to hear. It's like, okay, come on. Really? But... I don't know. My biggest problem was like they had a lot of levels that were wastes. Like they introduced a cool character in the Cave Cooper. They had a fucking caveman uh, Cooper that was really cool. He was a really fun addition. He was funny, and the, but the level was really, really dumb. And the villain was an idiot. He was a fucking bear that was. It was a fucking bear that was a rapper. The Grizz. Nice. Oh, it was cringy. Think of at least going with the Grizz up. He was a graffiti artist, <laughs> and it was fucking cringy as hell. It was so cringy, dude. And then he, like, I don't know. And then, like, but instead of that, so they give us that, which, that's cool. Okay. All right. You don't give us a level with the Egyptian thief that can literally make himself invisible. Like, not hide in blanks, literally invisible. Like, you were, you're, he's standing there, you're now looking through him. Invisible. And you don't go to that? You don't go to Cairo 3000 BC when they're building the goddamn pyramids? What? You've been building this character up since literally the first game. Since the first Sly Cooper, this this specific Cooper has been in, has been hyped up as one of the most powerful and badass thieves of the entire generation. And you don't use him? You give us a thief we've never even fucking heard of that isn't even in the goddamn Thievius Raccoonus? Because there wasn't writing back then, so the book didn't exist? It's like, what the hell? I'm sorry, I'm getting into lore. Yeah, you now. are I'm getting, getting way bit. off. I'm, I'm sorry, it's in I'm lore, like, it's in lore. I'm sorry, they, they give us random shit. Like, this game, I don't like when they when Sony likes to hand games to, cro- to companies that shouldn't have it, is my point. They give Naughty Dog, for example, Dragon, Jack and Daxter, Precursor Legacy, that Garbage fire of a shit game. Precursor's <laughs> Legacy was the first one, wasn't it? Oh, uh, not Precursor's Legacy, excuse me. Fucking. Um, Mike, you're God damn it. What's the last one? Lost Horizons. Lost Horizons. Lost Horizons. Yeah, that's the last one. Which is not a Jack game. It doesn't exist. It's a lie. It's what a if I told you? I own it. It, it doesn't exist. It's a lie. 110% canon. I hate you. <laughs> Is not 100%. The only real canon. <laughs> That's the only no, real They gave that to a third party dev for some reason because Naughty Dog, all the devs that made the game at Naughty Dog were gone because they shafted Jack X. The game was actually good. Oh, that game, was, that game is so good. You still need to finish it. Yes, that game does not deserve to be as good as it is. It has a story. It's a racing game. It is a better story than the game before it. Because of a writer's strike and a voice actor's strike at exactly the same time, and one of the most poorly timed and unfortunate botchings of a video game. But it manages to save the story. And Naughty Dog made nothing but great games after. Oh, classics. 
it hurts my heart that I have to disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> because they were my favorite company. They were for It actually makes me very sad how far they've fallen. Naughty Dog was the company that could make anything and make me entertained. I love Jack and Daxter is a game that I love to the point where I'm literally getting a complex Daxter tattoo. I love Jack and Daxter. Uncharted was one of the games that got me to buy a PlayStation 3. That game was fucking great. Is fucking great. I played the remake again on PS4. It's fucking great. It's an excellent game. It is the best Indiana Jones game ever made. It is the best Tomb Raider game ever. No, I'm kidding. The Tomb Raider games are good. But yeah, it is the best Indiana Jones game. And then they were, then they botched the opportunity to have Nate Philly and play him. Let's be real here. Like, God damn. Anyway. But we did get the fan one. That was really fucking good. We've been playing him. That was really good. Yeah. I showed you that one, right? Yeah. Yeah, did. that was great. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Any fans of Uncharted, look up the fan film that they made with Nate Philly and his drink. It was fucking excellent. As if they haven't but already since seen we've it. We've been talking about Sony, let's move on to the thing that Denise brought up. The uh, that Sony is planning on remaking The Last of Us for PlayStation 5 and is also Notably said that we're just going to focus on, like, sure hits. Like, their blockbusters. Their blockbusters, their sequels. And I've just kind of been remakes. like, oh, and remakes. For me, the remakes, I'm like, fingers crossed because there's been rumors about, like, Silent Hill and Parasite Eve remakes. Look, if and it's are, something that could really use it, that's fantastic. If it, gives me a, if it gives me a game that erases Sly 4, then I'll be happy. Like, that's the only reason why I'm like, hopefully a remake of, like, Dino Crisis or if it gives me, su- if it gives me a cool. sucker punch made side four very, and that's what I was hoping with Ghost of Tsushima getting the success it got but at the same time all the devs that made slide are long yeah but like Ghost of Tsushima even though like gameplay wise solid like six out of ten like it does everything right but like nothing interesting story wise or gameplay wise but, like, that is one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. Can we get a Thief game that's actually, you know, a Thief game? Yeah, Dishonored. <laughs> God fucking damn it, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Dishonored's, like, the closest thing to a Thief game we'll yeah. ever get. And, 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 and also, for those listening, Thief is a very old old series that got absolutely botched in a terrible remake. What are you talking about? It came, one came out in 2014. It was a 10 out of 10. Dude, I pre-ordered that game. I was hyped. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry for you. Then. Uh, you should be. It hurts. Don't you have a friend? From, don't you have a game from a friend that you haven't been able to play yet? Because when when you first tried installing it, you, your computer was being stupid. I remember it was one of your good old friends. It was one of those ones that you talk about, like one of my bros. I can't remember what you're talking about. We're talking. You about got too many bros. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about, sweetie. That can mean a lot of games. I know what you mean. I, don't I thought know. it was called Thief, literally, but... Oh! Fucking... Thief the Dark Project? No. I don't know. No, it's for I... the computer. Through Steam. I have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Decide, decide. Yeah, sorry, man. But you no, can... but when it comes... But yeah, Dishonored... Oh, my God. Yet another game that they utterly fucking oh, ruined! The second one was so terrible! Bad. It was... Like, you talked about it like it's... Compared to the first oh, one? you got to understand, we were so hyped because the first The first one was a masterpiece, so and the remake was amazing. The HD remake that I got for free, thank God, because I got, I but pretty I will the say, I was, uh, I was let down, it was a disappointment, like, I said, like, you, you're talking about it like it's a bad game, and it's just, like, it's, it's pretty it's, bad game. It's 
much lesser. We give a especially lot of story wise. To the story. The story is pretty bad. That is a terrible story. They went to his whole town and he didn't even say anything. Okay, they go to Corvo's literal house. You can go into his home, his childhood home. And he doesn't give two shit. He says nothing. He doesn't care. What? But for me, I story is the thing that I go through the through it for the first time. Second time, I'm just kind of messing around. The map isn't as well structured. The powers aren't as fun to fly through the level with. It's very poorly. Like you, the first game, you could fucking flow. Like you could really flow. I watch a lot of YouTubers play that. Yeah, you think it was self gamer VR? No. Um, he, this guy, you will not. You, if you think you're good at video games, watch this dude and feel. Well, bad. I don't think I'm good at video games. <laughs> Basically, this dude defines the Zordberg meme. You're bad at games, and you should feel bad. Like, that's basically what this guy does. Like, he is that kind of gamer. Like, he is unbelievable. The amount of times he's gone through these levels to make these videos. But he, the way that you can play it, like, he made some good Dishonored 2 videos. Goddamn was the flow in Dishonored 1 way smoother. Like, the level design was a lot more cohesive. It felt like the story had a lot more weight. And the second one, honestly, with the, with the first one, I could go through the story again and again and enjoy it still, because the second one felt like the first one rehashed, but poorly. I mean, I would have to go back and replay both side by side to talk about gameplay again because, like, I, I really loved the first Dishonored game, and I was disappointed by the second one. And I even bought like the expensive collector's edition. Yeah. At least you got the mask. Oh, I got the mask is cheap, but like the ring that you got with it, that's fucking sweet. nice. That's good. Yeah, Except for the ring box is like bu- like busted so easily. But uh, but the ring itself is like super nice. That's but cool. like, that's I would have to go back and like replay it to like because from what i remember it played great and maybe even like like at the time i felt like it was smoother but uh, like, um i will say this the original was not as smooth the remake that they released with dishonor 2 was way better that's the one thing i will give bethesda when they repolish a game god damn do they repolish a game like they the skyrim <laughs> we don't talk about skyrim <laughs> skyrim is not a game that i'm fond of so, I hate to admit that. So, like, I don't want to be like, Dishonored 2 was, you know, best game 5 ever, because I don't think it was. I think it was a lesser game compared to the first one, but I don't think it's as... I think it was more the fact that I was so super hyped for it, and that yeah. I got a game that just did not even come close. We and were psyched for the possibility... They ruined their character. They ruined Corvo's character. Emily's character wasn't as interesting as she should have yeah. been. First game, she was very interesting. She was a great character. Like, what you're saying about the story is, like, all the complaints I had. That's what killed, but that's the thing. I played the game literally for the story. That's why. See, for me, I played it because I wanted to do cool, stabby things. That's the thing. Like, I also played on violent, and the game does not reward you for that. Oh, no, it does. The first one was way better at making it more fun to play non violently. I mean, I didn't go back. Like, I really loved the first game so much that I did actually go through. And That's just how I played it. I don't. I, I was. I want the second go. time. I'm just like step, 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 step. step. <laughs> and the powers are just a lot of the powers are way more aggressive, and they don't give you as many that are fun to use when you're not playing a non-aggressive one. You know what I mean? But I like how we went on about a, a now Microsoft company. No, we were, well, when we were talking about Sony, but we're also talking about because Sony as a whole. As long as we're talking about video games, we're on track. At least this time we've made it into the same ballpark, is what you're trying to say. Like, as long as we're in the same ballpark, it's always 
Oh, right. Well, who's on first? It might be like a, a different ballpark, but we're in a ballpark. We're playing the same game, guys. <laughs> it's still there. There's a baseball diamond involved. There's a baseball somewhere. Wait, why do they have cricket sticks? We haven't entered politics. We're not talking about philosophy. Again. I think we're on track enough, you know? Bush v. George 2000. Vote Kanye 2024, guys. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Can we please? So, yeah. Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing in politicians that aren't relevant. That's the Not about, Exactly. That's why I was like, you know, Kanye. <laughs> Kanye's relevant. Um, so. Yeah, I was about to Not, say. I mean, he's kind of disappeared after his divorce. Wait, is he actually? Oh, yeah, him and Kim got divorced, or like in the middle of a divorce. That's sad. It very much is. Like, if you've listened to like his Yay album to get into music, all of a sudden, got several kids. They do, and they're all named Cardinal Directions. Not all of them, which is hilarious. Most of them. I mean, a joke. (laughs) Literally, only one of them that is. That's even funnier. The fact that any of them are is hilarious. Well, you had to shoot that shot. You had to. Kanye had to. Legally. Oh, no, yes, he, he did. But yeah, like, I was depressed by that because, like, if you listen to his Ye album, how highly he speaks of Kim on that album, like, kind of, like, made that hurt. Yeah, she was cheating on him. <laughs> it's pretty obvious, too. She's. That's a legend, and I don't, don't want to put that out there. I don't know anything about. It's a fucking celebrity. It's fair game. She's a public figure. It's fair game. It's a, that's fucking celebrity gossip at that point. Like, fuck. Do you really just show up. There's going to be a fucking subpoena on your celebrity door. Celebrity gossip. I mean, we might. I'm sorry. Sue every fucking time. Now that we're over three hours, and let's no, move into celebrity not gossip. I'm saying. I'm saying, is that really what you want to no, do? No, that's not what I mean. I'm saying, like, it's just sad. I mean, because, like, when we're talking creative, when we're talking creative stuff, too, to be fair. No, I want to move into our new um, celebrity gossip section. <laughs> so let's talk so about what? So dash. So let's talk about the James Charles stuff. Because I had no idea they were getting divorced. Yeah, there's a whole thing. Yeah, this whole thing was like, it's sad. Like, that whole thing was like, I, I just pity him because I feel like he really genuinely cares about I her. I thought they were happy for a moment. It also explains his outburst a couple months ago with fucking Wiz Khalifa. You remember that? Uh-huh. Do, you, do you actually remember that one? I- so Wiz Khalifa put a thing out that said, hit this KK and become yourself. KK being Khalifa Kush. This personal did, strain of weed. Did that happen like years ago, though? A couple, yes, but still, you can tell they've been. He's been pulling onto that shit for a while. Like, yeah, because Amber, like that, famously when Amber Rose, you know, tweeted at Kanye, "Fingers in the booty, ass bitch." Which are you even funnier? Because, dude, it's Amber fucking Rose. Because, like, why do you care? Like, that's also just like. But oh, god damn it! I didn't even want to get down this rabbit hole. But yeah, I mean, it's a different rabbit hole. But like, also like demasculating someone because they they like a cheeky pinky. Shut up, yeah. Like, shut up, bitch. Yeah, bitch, you're a fucking stripper. Shut up. You don't we don't know what Never kink shame. In your case, you don't get to. You're one of the few people who literally does not get to do that. <laughs> In any capacity, you shut up. <laughs> the gross stuff that we know you've done on camera. No. <laughs> that we can actually prove. No. <laughs> yeah, and like, I... I also like like everyone with like, you know, more than half a brain was like, that's a dick thing to do to Kanye. Like, there's nothing wrong to get a cheeky pinky. 
It didn't do anything. It like, it ain't my thing, they but didn't you know, say anything that deserves that. Like, what the fuck did that come from? But also, that was years ago, but, like, I just so... No, but it also... No, but the thing with Wiz Khalifa I was talking about was, like, because he freaked out over nothing. Like, it was literally an advertisement for this dude's weed that he was selling through multiple medical dispensaries at the time. It is still selling through multiple dispensaries. He's just marketing. And Connie freaked out on him, like, he was making some comment about it. he took something... Yeah, but like misconstrued. Kanye's mental health has not been in a great place for God knows how long, and like I don't know him personally. I don't think anyone in this room does. But no, like, I literally was saying it might explain that. Is what I was trying that's to say. why I was like, uh, do we really want to go through your stuff? And so like I don't <laughs> don't want to speak too much about it. It's more of like I. Well, it's just a curiosity. It's a curiosity, but it's like I enjoy him as an artist. I, th- I find yeah, him a very like, interesting person. No, he is. Otherwise, I got nothing against him. Even when I vehemently disagree with him on some things. It's just a shame that he's going through marital... And I feel bad for those kids I, because not only do they have to deal with the fact that, that they now the have to go part. through school with everybody saying, I watch your mom get nailed. Yeah. Which, dude, really? Yeah, really? admittedly, those kids have enough to deal with without then you name him. Then you name them North. With bats over their heads. Now their parents are getting divorced. Congratulations. Congratulations. Your children have no chance of a, of a literal any semblance of stability. Congratulations. That's like, fucking sad. That's really sad. I, I think we should stop this conversation because like it's just getting kind of sad and mean. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I was just I was just saying I'd, I'd be happy if they could somehow. I, no, I hope the best for them. I hope no, the best for him is what I'm saying. I, but there's sometimes in the process of getting divorced, you realize you don't actually want that. You want to make things better. But I don't I, know anything about the situation. I, I hope the Kardashian just, West family the best. I, yeah. want, I want both parties to be happy, even though I've never been a big fan of Kim, but she's done a lot of good activist work in the past. No, years. she has. She's literally yeah, saved she people from death row. Done she's gotten that. people off death row. Yeah. I respect the shit out of so, her for that. That's amazing. She's actually pretty. That's, so like, that's why it's sad. That's why it's really sad so like that this I, is happening. She's done a lot of like good. She's really trying to prove herself to be a better person. It's a shame that something happened kids, between I them. Felt that's what I mean. So it's sad. It's just sad. It's sad that their personal life has to be on the on the fucking public display. Yeah, exactly. And then, but yeah, but well, the only reason yeah. I, I say that I mention the main thing is why do you make it worse? I don't think that was really their goal to make it worse. Also, like that kid's gonna. I um, thought they thought it was cute. And, you know, it kind of is. It so, is. Yeah, and also, that kid is probably going to be one of the richest people alive once his parents So who even cares? Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. It's, True. This, that kid was born into, like, a partial owner of Gap. Like, Kanye <laughs> owns a part of Gap. Oh. That's not exactly something I would brag. But, like, you know, <laughs> no, but, like, Kanye's got real money, yeah, is what I'm trying to say. Like that's like you know I don't. That's just a part of it. That's just. It's like when if you say that he's a businessman. It's like if you say you feel bad for Eric Trump. It's like, why? He's got millions for existing. Not Tiffany. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh God, now it's labeled. But it's just you're put under the spotlight. Yeah, now it was not infiltrated. <laughs> no, no, it's just you put your you're put under. Damn the it, we went into politics again. Damn it! Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking, Eric. No, was... seriously, if you people are still listening to this, I love you all. 
And I, I hope for the best for all of you and your high. I hope you're having fun. Yeah, this is a monster of a podcast at this point. We're being, we're being stupid, but at the same time, God damn it, I just wanted to vent on some of this shit because this is all just shit that's been on my brain for the last fucking week. Because that's honestly what a lot of this stuff is. It's just kind of nice to talk about shit that's in your in your head and like just vent stuff out and be able to actually maybe have somebody who who agrees with you. Maybe or at least want to like try to understand it. And you know what? If, if people find that, if I offend people, if I upset people, I'm genuinely sorry. I'm an asshole. I fully own that fact. But at the same if time... If you're genuinely I, upset, his address... No. <laughs> yes, dox me. Do it. I get off on that. <laughs> yes, now we're an X-rated content. Have, have fun with that. <laughs> but that's for when we start the Patreon. Oh, baby. <laughs> Only fans. Get on my level. <laughs> Well, first you start with the Patreon where it's just teases. Then it's like OnlyFans is where we get real nasty. <laughs> we need a few different ave- avenues for cash. Yeah, we gotta diversify. Yeah. Denise, get ready. So <laughs> 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 love that she's just completely. Yeah, she's ignoring you. <laughs> I think my death is you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's been, I don't know, but. I mean, when we're talking, like, if we're, ta- we're talking, like, with back to Sony with all of this stuff, I really want them, <laughs> I want Sony to be the company that they used to be. I want them to, like, I miss that. I miss company. Oh, I miss one that's one Ninten- Nintendo is fucking selling oh, less, like, Nintendo, more- like, has openly been like, oh, we're going to experiment with, like, new things yeah. coming up. Nintendo straight up says that they're willing to, to offer the market of, like, risque content, like, anime titties and, like, different shit like that that Sony is actively going out of their way to bizarrely and very, very virtue signally censor. Like it's, it, it comes out very, you know what I mean when I say that? Like, weird. Yeah. It's very virtue signaling. Especially like when Xbox and Nintendo of all companies is like, yeah, you can put your your anime TV game on this. Nintendo, the company that made those cringy Wii commercials. Like, That's geez. like, that. Like their whole marketing for the Wii was like, it's for the family. family. Fun. Yeah. Which no one did. Oh, I th- everyone did with like Wii Sports and then yeah, after, like, after, that, after that yeah that's what I did like, you know, there was like a solid like month or two where people were like yay and then it's like oh, cool. then they started putting movies on it because no one was using it which is a shame because the system is actually pretty good so Nintendo god damn it Nintendo I'm glad they're bouncing back because they stop they won't crunch which is amazing like, oh yeah I love I, you know I get on the one hand why people have a hard time understanding why crunch is a problem I get it. I really do. It's something that you you say you signed up for this job, you can leave it and go to another job. Okay, you can, but they're going to do the same thing. Yeah, unless you leave that industry or you start your own company. Which and then they're like, well, then do that. What? But that's not a solution. You put all your all your effort into making this thing that in this thing that's easily solvable and causes more problems than it fixes. Yeah, like all it done. All you really need to do is better scheduling for your games and then and hire. A little bit more staffing in which, guess what? People are coming out of, like, DeVry and, like, all these, you know, like, full sale and shit, like, all the time begging for jobs. They have the money. Like, that's the thing. Like, they're paying their fucking CEOs enough. They yeah. have the money. You can do this. Like, this isn't hard. You can make more money. Exactly. And then pay yourself just as much. I mean, the same thing with, like, companies like Amazon and stuff. You know, like, like he's the richest man in the world. You can hire more drivers so they're not shitting in bags. Um, you know, get people bathroom breaks in your warehouses. Yeah. It's funny how that works. Where it's just, uh, 
it's such so bad. But companies, I don't know, a lot of these companies, they're literally the reason why the Sherman Sherman Antitrust Act exists. There's a lot of a lot of stuff that makes the stuff that they're doing illegal, but we don't use it. Sony is now under American jurisdiction. They're trying to buy Crunchyroll. Or another trying to buy fucking excuse me, Funimation. No, they're buying Crunchyroll. They already have. They already have Crunchyroll. That's what I mean. They're trying to buy. Oh, they already have Funimation. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're still trying to buy Crunchyroll. Then yeah, we're the government is saying, hold on, what? I haven't seen too much. I've only found like one article, so I don't know how true that is. It's happening, but it's it's just it's the government, man. There's a lot of stuff happening right now. So like I the current yeah. events, but yeah, let's be real here. Current events aren't exactly going to focus on this with everything going. Oh yeah, on. no, but, like, yeah. things going on in the world. There's a lot more important things than video games. We're just trying to like be dumb idiots on the internet. If we're trying to only scam the surface. If, if I talk, if, if maybe something, yeah, you're right. We're trying to, you're exactly right there. Like, if we entertain somebody along the way, then awesome. But, for us, at least me speaking for myself, it's more of like, I want to talk about a little bit more fun stuff, or at least like try to dig into more interesting stuff that's not I like, too, I, yeah. not like too heavy. I don't want to get. Yeah, I didn't even want to delve into the stuff, but at the same time, it just felt like it was something that's been, like, I feel like it was something that I, I needed to clarify and discuss, because it was something I feel like is relevant to understanding our perspectives and understanding where our minds work when we're discussing different mediums, because, like, now there's a weird push where, like, fucking, goddamn extra credits, did you see their stupid video? That no. they, uh, their video I've only game. seen, like, three extra credits videos. The video game races, they're, they're now saying that video game, different races in video games are problematic, I even though it's a fantasy. I don't game. think... I can understand. For me, it's more that they're tropey. Tro- yeah, that's the thing. Just say they're tropey. And but, like, like yeah. it's kind of a cop out for actually talking about racism most of the time. Yeah, but at the same time, yeah. like you know, you can talk about a game like Mafia Three and say whether it dealt with racism well or not. But like, I I feel like at least Mafia's three take on racism is a little bit better than like a game like a game series or a book series like The Witcher, where it's like elves like Tolkien elves and it's like but Tolkien-esque elves have existed for thousands of years yeah Yeah. and it's like that's kind of like a boring way to talk about it instead of like putting a game in like late 60s Louisiana no 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 that's an interesting thing with all this stuff and I'd rather talk about if we talk about gamer politics I don't want to get there's a part of me that's like with just even mention Gamergate is a little scary because like which is fucking stupid because they even at this point it's like dude it's been so over which, and, and, they, and they, for some reason they keep dredging it up though even though no one gives a shit about it anymore I would like to talk to you about it off mic because I don't really I don't know yeah no I know I can actually talk to you about it because that's one of those things it's, it's just stupid because like it's something that got overblown and turned into a propaganda piece, and it's fucking dumb. No one cares it, about it anymore. It's a, it was a propaganda piece, and like the people that were propping it up the most really didn't care about real ethics and journalism. Let's and, be but, then, but then there was a lot of people who actually did. And the people that did, did, like... Sorry, on. It was very much cares about ethics and journalism. That's one of his main points in all of his channels and all of his projects. Is ethics. But also, like a lot of the times, it was... like The yeah. fact that it was focused purely on feminist critique instead of like... And it was because at that point, though, to be fair, to be fair, the reason why was because the catalyst was a was somebody who legitimately did sleep with someone for a review. Like this actually that did. is actually false. The guy that she slept with never wrote any reviews for about that game. Never wrote. I, I think wait, he, wait, 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 you're talking. Wait. You're talking about Zoe Quinn. 
No, she either she was it she that reviewed him. No, no, somebody would. They were involved and didn't disclose it. So, but at some point, somebody they didn't disclose it because I think one of them was in a relationship someone else and it was yeah once again like yeah even then, no, even then it's fucking stupid because that's not at all what it was ended up being about it, that was what catalyzed yeah it, it catalyzed yeah. it but at the same time like that relationship like i think he maybe wrote like some sort of preview piece which like preview pieces are just fluff pieces yeah. anyways yeah like, it was never a full review oh yeah it was, or, it was it was it was stupid and it was overblown and it was a lot of bullshit like most people it was most but deep. then it also dredged up other stuff that that was tacitly connected to but it no one brought up yeah. any actual ethic, ethics and journalism like only yeah very few scam people and it was mostly like anti-gamer gay people like jim sterling's like talking about the Jeff Gersman shit, or like if you, yeah. or if you bring up like how close like someone like Greg Greg Miller, Paul I know, Miller, it's, I, I agree. No, I agree. It was stupid. To like um, the Naughty Dog devs, like uh, what's his name, the head of their studio. Oh yeah, I agree. Like they're best friends. Yeah, like, there's videos of them like hanging out at yeah. like uh, the CEO guy. Oh, I agree. No, I know. There's a lot of problems. But no one it. talks about that. It's I agree. Bad. I agree. It was it was a complete red herring, so that people wouldn't actually talk about the real problem. The problem was that like we had people. The only reason that ended up being just at that time, up, the only reason at that time it ended up being feminism, for example, is because that was the push that was happening at that particular. It was time. mostly a bunch of like, like not just shit on all of them, everyone, but like the vocal ones were angry white nerds that cough, cough, Monday, Matt Jarbo, cough. That didn't want the like these feminists to take away their video games because they like the big titty anime girls in their games. Which no one took those away. Yeah. Like, Anita Sarkeesian was not coming in here to try the to take reason, the no, away. The only, the only reason I have issues with Anita Sarkeesian is she's an obvious grifter. And, like, she, she, she has but, like, been, yeah. my, my problem is, is, like, you can't... Zoe Quinn also did make a Patreon that had, that, or a Kickstarter that took a fuck ton of money from people and gave nothing. Like, she, but she... Those, she she stole a lot. Those of weren't the complaints that anyone had. That that because that well the last for the sorry for the last, I think that was sorry Quinn. I could be incorrect on in that one. No, you're know. thinking of Anita so because like she promised. No, it was her too. Her. I think it was Zoe too. Zoe was involved in that. I, I'm actually ninety percent sure she was involved in that. If I'm incorrect on that, I apologize, but I'm ninety percent sure. But, but I'm, neither here nor there. I'm trying to say like yeah, no one brought that shit up. No until, one brought yeah. that shit up. It was. And you can't even well, that's also, yeah. talk about her critiques because that's also yeah. guess what? A lot of people just threaten that woman with death and I agree. No, things. I agree, and that was stupid. And that and was ninety percent of the vocal. I agree. At least ninety. And it was fucking stupid, and that's why. And that's why I'm saying it's it's fucking dumb because Gamergate was literally nothing. It was stupid. It was a red herring. It was a dumbass fucking thing that they now continuously, for some reason, keep bringing up in um, articles when it's been irrelevant forever. It gets brought up in articles because you can actually see it through a line to like all right movements. Which, which again is a, it's again a manufactured thing because there isn't there's some for some of them yeah but not really for a lot um, it's, it's so tacit and so manufactured like it's bullshit it's fucking like. It's not it's exactly it's, like you can actually see like bumps in Breitbart because because, it gave, because, because it gave, Steve Bannon was like he actually worked in games because it gave him fucking because it gave him fucking attention. I mean, even then, a lot of these people that they that they're fucking stamping this label on don't even believe half the shit they're saying they believe. And either like or people, other people are saying they believe. And not to get into politics, I'm not defending anybody in any capacity. That's not what I mean. I'm saying that the label is overused. Is what I'm saying. I want to um, because I mean both, I can't really like I don't know who you're talking about. I'm not. And that's, I'm not talking about anybody specifically. Is what I'm saying. Because like I just kind of heard to be like it's overused and not having. It's, it's overused in that it's applied to people like fucking Jordan Peterson, for example, is a great example. 
he's not all bright. He's not a racist in any capacity, but he's being labeled. He, for some reason, they put him in a Marvel comic and made him the bad guy. Um, that you can actually like. It's more of who latched onto his book, not about his own personal. Philosophy. And if you actually read his book, it's he's not saying anything. Like he's I would not actually doing recommend um, philosophy too, even though like. You and her probably have extremely different political views, but yeah. she she pretty much was like, I'm going to sit down and like not make any jokes about Jordan Peterson. No lobsters will be involved. I'm just going to be reading, like looking, dissecting his philosophy and what he believes and like what I think about his ideology and was a very interesting. Was she fair? Yeah. Good. Well, that's fair. Okay. That's fair. That's all I want from people. I just want people to give a fair shake to people. Yeah. I'm like, personally, I'm, I'm just a centrist. I just want to be left alone, man. I just want to be left alone. I don't care. I want liberty. I want people to be able to speak their mind, write their write their words, and and debate. Debate will win. Argument is the best is the purest form of of creative control of making somebody into the best version of themselves that they can possibly be. And going back to gamer data, a lot of people had that were saying that, but. They, they really didn't mean, didn't mean it. it. That's why I bring up Matt Monday and Matt Jarbo. Are you familiar with Monday no. and Matt Jarbo? I mean, unless like I've seen them in like other dissections of he, yeah, thing. he, yeah, he did a lot of really scummy things. Like he, he false flagged some a lot of other channels. Like he got caught hard with a lot of really scummy. It's a very complicated scandal. Like, like honestly, like most people involved with Gamergate are kind of scummy. Most, and I would agree with that. The problem is, though, that a lot of them got involved in it when it actually did mean something positive and then walked away from it as soon as but, it started getting shitty. Like I said, yeah. like most of the people that got involved weren't really into yeah. like. Most of them. That's why I say a lot of people that I better actually weren't like shitty. The, the things that I brought up, like, yeah. like the fact yeah. that, like, the kind of funny guys, like, they are so deep in bed with, like, Sony and, like, Oh yeah, of course they are. I completely agree. Where it's just like, yeah. yo, y'all listen to, to Greg's opinion. Because, like, you know, these game companies, like, send him, like, personalized gift baskets. My my issue is, like, Anita Sarkeesian, for example, going after Sargon for literally just sitting in an audience. Like, she, she, he did nothing to her. He said nothing to her. He's never interacted with her. And she, she slandered him, target, like, called him a a Nazi and fucking had him thrown out of an event he paid for. I actually had, like, me and a friend when, like, this was a fresh thing her and I talked about, I'm like, this was kind of the opportunity for her to be the bigger person. Yeah. And she didn't. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, her her thing was like, well, these type of guys have been sent, like, even if it wasn't him specifically, but his followers have been, like, sending and he, terrible he threats. he fundamentally told them to stop. He very much, and very like, clearly told he, them not Yes, to. but until he says something at that panel or does something, I feel yeah. like she should just be doing what she went there to do. Yeah. And then like, she probably like had, you know, her own script of, of shutting him down. Yeah. And if she, if they talked and debated, then he would have, he would have openly debated her and that would have been fine. And that's the thing with him. Like he openly debates a lot of people. Like he talks to a lot of people. He talked, he debated Vosh. Debated oh. And like, I've talked to you, like, I do not like Sargon. In the and that's fair. Place. And that's fine. That's the case thing. With him, I like him because he actually, he, I just like him because he, he, he he's chilled out and over the years. And he's he, got a he, lot more relaxed and a lot more like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I follow. He's I, also a father now, too, is the other thing. I think like, he probably has, like, chilled out. And yeah. I just think yeah. some of his views very much don't line up with mine, especially oh, when yeah. it comes to, like, I. He has some. He has said some transphobic things, and I and I agree, and I, I disagree with a lot of those. And that, and that was something he's also dialed back and clarified quite considerably. Is another thing. 
So, and like, yeah. you know, yeah. I, so I don't want to judge, like, I can't judge anyone that I don't know personally. That's fair. That's, fair. Like, that's all. That's all, all I, I can judge is this public image that I've seen from him and I don't like it. So that's, I don't follow him. That's all I ask of people. And that's fair. That's all I want for people. And then I also watch like fucking, well, I mean, my, one of my big things is Captain Ankylo. Like, he's fucking great. Yeah, you know I mean, like a lot, that's the thing. Like with a lot of these people, and that's also someone like I actually do enjoy Dankula's content. But they call him all right when he is in no way. Oh, he's very right. libertarian. He is extremely libertarian, but they label him with this same thing. He's, I mean, I also disagree with Dank on quite a few things. But he's also got a fucking co- he's also got the fucking communist sickle tattoo from a bet from a fucking bet that he lost. Like, but like I genuinely like a lot of this, a lot of the like history dissections that this guy does. Like it's excellent. Yeah. He's great. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's, I don't know. Like, I feel like when it comes to the industry right now, I feel like, uh, I feel like it, it's just in general, everything's so hyper polarized. Everything's so hyper politicized. It's it fucking stupid. Like, you and me, we both have, like, we have very different opinions, but at the same time, I feel like we align on a lot too. Like, yeah. that's the thing. That's why we're friends and that's why we hang out. Or at least if we don't align, I can at least see where you're coming from. Yeah, and I can see where you're coming from with it. And that's the thing. Like, in a lot of ways, I used to think a lot like you do, and, and I still do in a, in a lot of ways. And that's the thing. I'm not, I don't even consider myself that conservative. I'm a centrist. Like I said, I just, I just, I just come off that way because everything is so fucking politicized and like partisan shift and it's ridiculous. So I come off as more right-leaning than I actually am because it just kind of sounds like it when it's like, no. No. <laughs> I'm just the dude that wants to chill and talk movies and be left alone and not be judged and, for the color of my skin. And play your hentai games. Pretty much. I wanna I wanna I wanna shoot I wanna go to my gay friend's wedding, smoke up before smoke up beforehand, sober up, go shooting, and then smoke then drink the fucking night away. <laughs> That's the thing. Like I wanna mind my own business. I wanna be left alone and I want other people to live and let live and be happy and have their lives. As long as you're not hurting anybody. Gay, straight, Christian, Muslim, Jew, I don't give a shit, dude. If you're an asshole, you're a fucking asshole. That's really it, man. Yeah. I'm gonna fuck. <laughs> and like, you know, I'm with you on that. Like, yeah. if you're, it's like, don't care your race, creed, as long as you're kind to other people, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, we all, I think that's all we really want for any of this from all of our games. Like, that's honestly, I think, why The Last of Us Two bothered me so much. It felt like such a fuck you to the audience. Oh, it did feel like an angry, hateful game. Yeah, it did. And, like, the thing was, they actually actively changed the ending of The Last of Us 1 in that game. Like, they rewrote what happened. I know. he. The dude was wearing uh, green in the original version. It was <laughs> fucking blue in 2. Right? Oh, my God. It was so offensive. <laughs> no, but it was, like... Joel had no choice but to kill the doctors because they literally would have... Like, I waited until they charged me to shoot them. If I didn't do... If, like, I gave them the chance to surrender... And I don't shoot the ones that don't do anything if they don't do. It. That's the thing. Like, they get, they forget that they give Joel that chance, and a lot of people did that. And it feels like that game just kind of fucking one-stroked. You're all bad. You're all evil. Joel has no routine. Like, what the fuck? I don't think it necessarily did that. No. Her, her, her decision to kill him made no sense at that point. After, I, he, after he literally got out of his way to save your ass in the most don't know like that yeah i do agree with that especially since like a lot of the people that went up to kill joel with her in that game and like this isn't a spoiler this like was the prologue of the game so this, yeah 
So Bastion Head Joel is not a spoiler. At this point, if you don't know about this, where the fuck have you been on the internet for the last fucking two years? Now that we switched to talking about Last of Us 2. But, like, no one out, like, when you play through Abby's story, like, none of those other people were, like, gung-ho to go kill Joel. It was just her. I love love that PewDiePie after after she kills him. He's like, how do I kill myself? I don't want to play this anymore. (laughs) He was playing at him. He's like, how do I shoot myself? (laughs) That was fucking beautiful. Anyway, I'm pickishness aside. Like, the gameplay, from what I'm told, was really good. Oh, the gameplay was fantastic. The problem is, like, there was, like, a lot of things in the story that I didn't really enjoy. Like, it wasn't as... I will say, it wasn't as bad as, like... Oh, yeah, everyone overhyped it. Yeah, yeah, everyone overhyped how bad it was, and then there was, like, the counter critics being, like, it's the best game five ever, and it's, like... Oh, you mean the Last of Us Game Awards? I mean, the video game awards? That, like, you know... (laughs) The typical, like, IGN reviews, like, even though, like, I I follow uh, Alana Pierce that used to work at IGN. She's, like, I... Like, they're very open, like, like they didn't give us money or anything. Like if Jonathan gave it a ten, John most likely really loved it. Like I don't think it might have been like you know over hype and over mm-hmm. like you know all those that energy of like getting this brand new game that you've been waiting for forever and like it does have this pastiche of being like a, a cinematic masterpiece, quote unquote. No, and it, and it hits certain chords and like try to make you feel emotional, but but it was also here's the here's the thing though I'm gonna and now, I'm gonna switch to talking as a writer here. Every single emotional chord that they pulled was very manufactured and not at all organic. It was all completely artificial bullshit tricks yeah. to make you think you were feeling something that you weren't actually and like you I, weren't actually organically. Feeling. I don't like what they did with Ellie. Like I understand like. That she's grown up, but, like, you don't get any of, like, her sense of humor anymore. Past she's very boring. Like, Ellie was very poorly executed. It didn't feel like her anymore. Like, hearing from, uh, like, women writers, they were like, it doesn't seem like Ellie was written like a woman because she's not acting. Her guilt and anger does not seem like, it seems like as what a typical, like, dude's anger is faced. Like She's a lesbian. Don't you, you know Ellie likes girls? But that's still... But Ellie likes girls, Matt. Did the game tell you enough that Ellie likes girls? Yeah, I got that. Did you get it, Matt? Yeah, her and Dina were, you know. They were a thing? They were were they really a thing? Yeah, they were a thing. They were a thing? The game didn't tell you enough, though. God damn that game. That's the only thing about it that actually really frustrated me. They over they, they emphasized the shit out of it. So the program was so cringy. It was so cringy. Like, the game, like, the marketing part is what I mean. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, okay, for the record, gay character in a game, cool, whatever, I'm gonna fuck. Don't overhype that and make it your selling point of the fucking game. <laughs> it kind of felt like what they did with Ellie was make her just an angry lesbian. Yeah. And that was yeah. the whole character. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, they stereotype the absolute piss out of her. Instead of, like, the character that you had in one that was, had a sense of humor, had her own agency, had her own thoughts and feelings on things, and, like, with Two just was she was very single minded, yeah. and was just like I I'm going to kill kill her, and like that was her whole character now. I'm sorry, she bit both your fingers off. Why is this bitch still alive? Now you're just spoiling the end. I got y'all. 
No, but I'm I, sorry, but really, why? I'm sorry. That is a very valid at this point. I'm sorry. That's a valid complaint. This game is fun. That's fucking ridiculous. No, it doesn't make like that ending doesn't make sense. Like if they if they ended it when they left Seattle, if they kept it ambiguous to whether or not she killed her, that would have been fine. Keep it ambiguous, showing that she definitively did not. That's fucking. I stupid. think the game should have ended when. Allie and Dina went like left um, Seattle and went back to you know working on that little farm in the middle of nowhere. Like that would have been a much better ending. Or if like the game ends with Ellie like riding out again and like credits roll there, like that would be fine too. Yeah. But like that whole like last sequence like really didn't feel like it was needed. Mm-hmm. And because like, it wasn't satisfying at all. The ending wasn't satisfying. She's just there with nothing, and she has, she can't even play her goddamn guitar now because her fingers are gone. Like you just went, like you just rode a horse another like couple hundred miles to like not kill this woman that you could have just who, saved. Who again? Bash your father figure skull in with a golf club when you could have just either stayed home with your beautiful girlfriend and your your adopted son and like had a happy life and like lots of gay sex and you know lots of gay happy time. I'm, I'm making a joke at this point. I'm just being a piece of shit. It's like but, either yeah. like it would have felt like a more bittersweet like you you couldn't get what you wanted. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with Matt. Oh, I just want to say that. <laughs> so Denise is now chiming in every now and then. Uh, <laughs> Tiger has decided that he he is worthy of him waking up to be. I part think of the we should probably end this soon because oh god, this is a long. Yeah, one. this is a long one. But uh, like, goddamn it! Like the last of us, the first game I actually really really enjoyed. I had a lot of fun with it. So we hit that right tone of I literally grew up in this place. I'm watching towns I've literally spent most of my life going through. So you're saying you're excited for the. Fuck out of my house. <laughs> I mean, if you insist, we've been the observers. No, but, <laughs> no, we'll sign off here in a few. But like, it, the first game really hit that note because I was really homesick. I, I grew up in the Boston area. I grew up like around all these buildings, like buildings I literally grew up walking between, destroyed, ruined. Lincoln, Massachusetts. I've been there. It's a gorgeous town. I fucking love it there. It's really pretty. They go there in the second, like the second sequence is that area. Or third, I guess, technically, if you count the prologue. But, I don't know, like but, I don't know, like, that game, it was a lot better than people gave it credit because the writers had a lot of passion to it and Pete and Neil Druckmann didn't have as much control over it. <laughs> that was his name. I was trying to say it for, like, the whole whole time when I was shitting on Greg Millen, Colin Moriarty, because I don't like those ones. such a piece of shit, though. Okay, you see, like, him and Greg Miller are, like, but fucking kidding me. Oh no. Like when like Uncharted 4 was coming out, like they were having dinner parties at Neil's house. Uncharted 4? God, there's another great example of a game that should have been better that was clearly botched because of fucking studio interference. They wrote so much they wrote such a new a nuanced and interesting story that you can clearly see in the first like what, two thirds, I would say, give or take, of that game. Without the shoehorn in Sam Drake bullshit that doesn't fit at all. But God, that whole game. But yeah, we should probably call this one soon because we yeah. are at a point of like we're mm-hmm. rambling again. Very much so. So you people have been wonderful. If you got to this point, thank you. And why? Um, you can answer that. I don't have our podcast email 
on my on hand. But next episode, I will make sure I link it, and I'll probably leave in the description for this one too, just so if anyone emails us, we could probably talk talk about it on this. If you guys have any questions, concerns, ways you want to talk about us, say that we're just bad at this, which fair, but you know, <laughs> you know. I'm worse. Yeah. <laughs> so we are the observers signing off. We Good wish. Night. Say that. Okay. <laughs> Good night, all. We love you. <laughs> <laughs>